If my market gets saturated and there's no money to be made, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to sit here and bitch about it and cry. I'm going to go do something different, and I'm going to take care of myself and my family and my future and my goals. Hey, everybody. This is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast, and I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? Why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Bobby Walker. I am your host today and every week. And today is actually the most unique show that, that I've ever done because Journey of a New Entrepreneur is always a dive into like the the emotional side of entrepreneurship and the whole like what it's like to build your business. And we are actually going to talk about that today. But today we are going to talk a little bit about the technical side of the pressure washing, maybe even window cleaning, but pressure washing, soft washing business. We're going to be sharing some uh, tactics for you guys on uh, equipment, especially for you new guys. And, and that's it. So thank you for being here. I got a little bit of housekeeping to do. First off, uh, super excited. The YouTube channel, I just broke 3,000 subscribers last night around midnight. So I'm like in the cool club with these guys now. I know Aaron's at four, but I think, uh, Cody, I think you might be at, at three. But I've got Aaron Parker from Lean and Mean Academy, and I've got Cody Arbro from, from Southeast Softwash. Aaron, did you did I say something wrong? Did you shush me? It looks like you shushed me. I don't know. So anyway, um, Super, super excited to have you guys. But guys, before you, uh, before we get started, I've got to talk about something. I don't think either one of you guys do this either. But um, I want to talk about a show sponsor, Responsibid. Now, I've been talking about Responsibid for months and months and probably over a year on the show here. They've only been sponsoring for a few months. But uh, Responsibid, if I was just going to sum it up, if I wanted to go to the, the most simple, low-level thing. If you said, Bobby, what is Responsibid? What's it do? I would say it makes me money with less effort. All right. Now, to go a little deeper, Responsibid is the sales tool in my company. So like everything that we do from a system standpoint, all like Responsibid is the hub and then my CRM and all of my other stuff, it's just little spokes that come off of that. So everything happens right there from the middle. So we'd give, whether it's a quote that comes in on the website or a quote that one of my sales reps or myself goes out and does in person, it all funnels right through that thing. And then um, it follows up with them. It makes sure that they buy from us. Once they buy from us, it shows them love. Once we're done with the job, it keeps them coming back to me. And here's the coolest thing about Responsibit. It does all of these great things, but they're the only company I know of that has a two to one ROI guarantee. And what that means is if you use Responsibid and you don't get a two to one return with Responsibid, you don't pay for Responsibid. And I don't know anyone that backs their products or their services up as good as that. So here's the deal. If you're interested in it, go check it out at jnebid.com. That's J-N-E, like journey of a new entrepreneur, B-I-D, like responsibid.com. So J-N-E-bid.com, journey of a new entrepreneur. <laughs> Let me try that again. Journey of a new entrepreneur listeners get an exclusive free month of service on Responsibid. You can't get it anywhere else. You can't get it with any other link. You have to go to J-N-E-bid.com. 
com. So that's that. Thank you, Kurt and crew over there. Appreciate you guys uh, sponsoring the show. So let's get in it. We've got uh, we've got Mr. MAGA over here, Cody wearing the MAGA hat, and then uh, and then we have Aaron wearing the is that a trucker hat? What 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 do you got, Aaron? Yeah. Let's see that again. Oh, the, is that oil? Is that what that is? It's it's a little bit of Ricky Tommy in the house. <laughs> so all right, so so let's get right into it. So first off. Um, Aaron, we'll start with you because we're going to dig into Cody a little deeper because you've already been on the show. So give everyone just kind of the 60 second, who are you type of thing? Um, yeah, man. Well, uh, you know, Bobby, I've known you, how long have I known you since, uh, BBB, right? Yeah. Somewhere between four and six months, somewhere in there. YouTube has seemed to bring us all together, but, um, yeah, I got into window cleaning originally early 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, didn't have any money was a musician. I was touring a musician as a musician across the country, opening up for a bunch of different country music. Uh Oh, I lost him. Are you still there, Cody? Yes. Okay. Well, Cody, he's gone. So while he's logging back in, why don't you give us the little process? He was having some internet issues before. So we got that doesn't become a problem. up there in Nashville. You know, he needs that high ticket internet. So yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. got backwards internet, but he needs some some high ticket internet. But so, so Cody, uh, listen, man, you and I have met recently, and hmm. um, like we've seen each other online, but we've never really talked or anything like that. Um, you've got a YouTube channel as well, and yeah. you you tend to focus more uh, like on the technical side of things. For the, I mean, not I know it's not just that, but that's a lot of yeah. a lot of your thing. And you actually build uh, you build systems, so you don't just yeah. like clean things, but you actually like make things, and and that's pretty cool. So go a little more in depth. Tell us not just about you on the business side of things, but give us a little bit of glimpse into your life. Let the, let the listeners get to know you a little bit. Okay. So, um, the way I got into the industry, um, 1995, six, seven, my dad worked for, uh, Owens Corning up in Atlanta and they got into roof cleaning or the factory was doing roof cleaning. Uh, Owens was, so they shut that facility down. I was about 10, 10, 11 years old. And so my dad started, uh, roof cleaning on the side just to keep income in before he could you know, find another job. So I would go out with him on Saturdays and weekends and we, we were making, you know, even as a kid, I was like, that's oh, popping some pretty decent money here. So I uh, got yep. into high school and, and I've literally been cleaning roofs since about 1998 when I was just a kid going with dad. So uh, high school, instead of mowing lawns, I was soft washing roofs. Didn't even know what the word soft wash was. Uh, but I always did it as just a side hustle. So my business grew, met my wife when uh, we were little at church. We've been together since the fifth grade. So, oh, love story. Nice. Uh, been together a long time. It's 14 or 15 years. I hope she doesn't watch this. But <laughs> You're close. Always held down a job. I had a, a, a background in maintenance. I worked at a plant, uh, industrial maintenance, and then I moved into management there for working for a Walmart logistics. I was actually a safety manager for a distribution center. Did that for about uh, two years and my business on the side just kept building up to the point where uh, two and a half years ago, I just kind of had to do one or the other. It was driving me nuts trying to, mm -hmm. to balance, you know, both of these. And I, I sat back one day and I said, wait a minute, I'm making three quarters of what I make a year. And I had a good salary at Walmart, a salaried manager, you know, at a I had 60 people work for me at one time. Uh, but I'm making three quarters of that on the side over here, soft washing. So I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take my bonus this year. I got like a, a $9,000 and some odd bonus, bought some, 
some stuff, bought me a pickup truck and, um, went to work in, in similar, just, you know, threw some stuff on a truck and started making money. And so, uh, my, I've got three kids. We, uh, we adopted, we could not have children of our own found that out after we'd been married a few years, just issues. So, uh, we, we did the foster care thing, wound up adopting, uh, three kids. So I went to work one day, came home. There's three kids at my house. They've never left. I haven't figured out how to get rid of them yet. Uh, <laughs> how long ago was that? Uh, we, let's see, 10 years that we've had them, seven years actually adopted. So wow. Wow, that's great. daughter's uh, 18 this year. When people look at us, they're like, wait a minute. And they start doing the county thing. But yeah, so she's a little bit older than what we would have naturally had. My boys are 12. I got twins. Y'all please say a prayer for us. Uh, <laughs> one of them just spent the weekend with him digging a pellet out of his toe. So that was fun. He, uh, he fired a gamo through his big toe. So uh, but the business, the business side is I've been soft washing for going on 15 years and we had a really good first year, which was 2018 first full year in business, uh, just doing that full time. And then January of 2019, we started, uh, building some systems and equipment skids. We've done some trailers. So we ended 2019 with 33 systems built, uh, oh, some wow. haven't been picked up yet. They're, they're in the process of being finished, they'll be picked up here in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, that part just took off and we specialize in the soft wash piece. We do some pressure washing. Of course, if you want to offer everything, you're going to have to have a pressure washer on your truck. So yeah. we, we do pressure washing, but 80% of our stuff is, is soft washed. So, uh, we grossed right over uh, 500,000 for 2019, but a lot of that is equipment. So there's a lot of expenses and materials and hose reels and that stuff adds up pretty quickly, but we, we had a great year. Um, I'm looking at a building across town now to make an offer on to try to expand just a little bit more. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to be meeting guys like you, you know, I've seen you around on YouTube, never really talked. There's a, a bunch of guys. I just, just, I'm so busy. I just don't have time to reach out, but I'm, I'm really glad that we've connected and, we seem to be a kind of of the same, the same vein. So it's yeah. pretty cool. It's a neat industry to be involved in. Nice. That's good stuff, man. And now, so you said you've been doing the soft wash thing for about 15 years, yeah, but just full time here for the last two, basically. Two, two and a half. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. And now it looks like Aaron rejoined us. Aaron, are you here? Well, he's staring at us. He's trying to look pretty. He's not succeeding. No. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll just keep going. I'm so going to shave my head for the event in Atlanta just so I can yeah. match. <laughs> so you can match the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about bald heads is not all of them are pretty. You know, not all of them are like mine. So a lot of you guys can't pull this off. I've been doing this since my sophomore year in high yeah. school. And now I've let it grow out, grow out a little, but like, I mean, like, you know, maybe, maybe my hair has been a half inch long, maybe, you know, type of thing. So I've just got a sexy head and I just thought, you know what? <laughs> a little my, bit far now, aren't we? Well, I don't, I, I don't know. I get a lot of comments on it in public. So I just thought this is my gift to the world. You're welcome ladies and, uh, and, and guys as well. So, so there you go. So Cody, um, walk us a little bit into, um, you know, your experience with the business. I'm going to assume, but I'm curious if I'm wrong on this that maybe your first, you know, your first year full time was probably smoother than a lot of ours because yeah. you had this long history of, you know, you already had a big customer base. Is that the case? 
Yeah. Um, we've done about 2000 roofs, um, in my career of roof cleaning. A lot of that was in the summers. I'd go out and pop 20, 30 roofs in the summer and they use that money to go on vacation or, you know, buy new appliances or whatever. Um, but I knew I had a fairly smooth 20, what would that be? 2018 season because I knew how to do it. I had that. I did no learning curve on learning how to do the jobs and I had done a ton. So the more you do, the more you get recurring, uh, house washes and all that stuff just kind of fills the pipeline. So we did about 200 and I want to say it was like 207,000, um, just in the wash truck, no equipment in 2018 in the back of a Toyota Tundra that had 250,000 miles on it. So nice. it was a fairly, you know, I actually had less stress that year because I wasn't building any equipment. I wasn't answering YouTube stuff all day, every day. So mm -hmm. my stress levels went up, but that's part of it, you know, growing, um, we started with roof cleaning kind of the, the most wanky thing to do. And then we've, we've worked back from there to house washing driveways, all that kind of stuff that comes with it. So, uh, I guess I've had a, a cheat sheet given to me in a way. So for, for some of the listeners, I know most of my listeners know what roof cleaning is and stuff like that, but you know, I've got people that have come in from different, different industries. Some of them, are almost everyone that listens is in the service industry, but a lot of them uh, are maybe in pest control and things like that. Some of them are in the maid industry and stuff. And when we talk about roof cleaning, they're probably thinking, who in the hell cleans the roof? Because <laughs> I remember when I started my pressure washing and window cleaning company, or I started a window cleaning company and we quickly added, you know, the pressure washing and soft washing. That's the first time I ever even heard of a roof cleaning. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm from Oklahoma. I'm like, who cleans their roof? And yeah. turns out a whole lot of people clean their roofs. And it's yeah. really the biggest ticket item in, in the industry is that roof cleaning stuff. And, but you actually were very focused. So you're saying that you only offered the one service for, for how long? Like well, for the, the whole time I was part-time on my days off, of course, you've only got limited days here and working a full-time job. So if I'm going to go do a side hustle, like you said, it's the highest ticket thing I do. So that's what I want to do. If I'm yep. going to go out on a Saturday and, and pop, you know, two jobs, a lot of days I'd have Friday and Saturday off. Well, I'd go make two grand, never break a sweat, but you're not going to do that unless you're doing something like roof cleaning, uh, with limited time. Yep. So that was what I focused on was, was roof cleaning. So Aaron, we can hear you pounding on that mic. There he is. You can hear me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we sorry guys. <laughs> we heard that. Technical difficulties <laughs> over here. I'm like, am I, am I present in this deal? Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 were, we were commenting on your beautiful face. Yeah, so so you did roof clean only until you went the full. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I understood. So that first year you went full time, then then you added the additional services. Yeah, and I had done I had done hundreds of house washes. It just wasn't what I pushed. I didn't advertise mm -hmm. for it. I got it. I do them. Yep. Went out to do a two three hundred dollar house wash around where I live. It's a very uh, average annual income here is probably below 30 grand. So I'm, I'm not doing seven, $800 house washes and, and Aaron can speak to this central Alabama ain't about that life, but mm -hmm. I would still go do them. And the cool thing about, uh, roof cleaning and house, the same equipment does both. So I don't need to change anything except ratios. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. So, uh, let's switch back to Aaron. Hopefully his, uh, Tennessee internet won't give us fits again here. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, we can hear you. You're, you're, my, you're, you're clipping just a hair if you got to gain control, but if not, not the end of the world. So, uh, no. a little too little, man. Split the difference. Perfect. 
All right. So Aaron, give everyone kind of the recap. Uh, don't go too far because most of the listeners know you, but some, some may not. So you were talking about, you were, uh, traveling, you were in a band. I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen, uh, at least one of your uh, videos online. I'm like, Holy crap, this guy can sing. He's super sexy in a cowboy shirt and cowboy hat. And he's got beautiful girls all over him. It was awesome. It was awesome. I was really impressed. And honestly, it made me feel uh, a lot smaller. So it's like, I know I'm a lot taller than you, but when I'm around you, I feel like the little guy. So, um, so Aaron, share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man. So I did music for eight years here in Nashville. And um, that was kind of the dream since I moved to town. I moved to town in 2010 and uh, was pursuing it. Um, had an amazing agent with a huge agency here. Keith Urban's agent was my agent. Um, Garth Brooks's manager was my manager. Um, so I was kind of set up in what Nashville would call like the next class. A lot of mm -hmm. the guys my age now, the class I came with have record deals. Um, was hit with a divorce, torpedoed the whole plan because as a musician, you, you live kind of show to show, paycheck to paycheck, and everything pays for everything else. So there's mm -hmm. not a whole lot after the fact. Uh, had about $500 in my account when the whole thing went down and was sleeping in the tour van um, one night at the 24-hour gym. Saw a guy cleaning windows. I had no money, and it kind of clicked me back into that, like, fight or flight, that, like, hustle mode mm -hmm. that I remembered of the old days and uh, selling insurance. I used to sell insurance when I was, like, 19. And um, I was just like, you know what? This is – I don't have any money. This is what I have to do. So went to Lowe's, got a squeegee, knocked on every plaza, pretty much everywhere around. And, um, you know, now built it into what it is now. So yeah, good stuff. Good. And then Cody's thing, uh, you know, or Cody, I'm sorry, Aaron's channel, you know, he kind of like Cody and I, I think are kind of, um, kind of polar opposites, you know, like I do a little bit of technical stuff, but I'm like more more really just on the journey. I'm, mine's more of a vlog, but we also talk about sales and marketing and stuff. Cody's more like, bro, we're cranking up the power. We're cleaning stuff, you know? And then Aaron, you're kind of in the middle. You, you do a little bit of both and your, your, uh, your thing is helping solo, you know, like owner operators. So whether it's a dude or a dude and helper in a truck, basically generate a hundred thousand dollar a year income as an owner operator. That's, that's really your goal with your channel, right? Yeah, the Lean and Mean Academy is kind of the idea. That was the title that I gave it because I was like, well, you know, I really don't want more than one truck and, and a helper or, you know, two guys maybe working for me tops. Mm -hmm. And I saw that with this business model of pressure washing and soft washing, roof cleaning, whatever, the margins were so great and we're using their water. So I was like, okay, so equipment and some gas and something to tow it around and go get some, you know, SH sodium hypochlorite every now and then, you know, right at this point in time, right. It's like, now I can really use my sales skills to see not only how much can I get, but how much value and intrinsic value can I offer? Uh, how much trust will they give me for me to become their guy? Um, as opposed to, you know, the Craigslist cowboy, shall we say? Um, so it, it led me to create, and it's funny, a guy found me really early on, like early 2017. 
because I had worked some copy on my website. I was constantly trying stuff. And he was like, you're like a boutique window cleaning company. <laughs> I had written like something to where it was really aimed at high ticket, high end, like Nashville golf course. Like mm -hmm. I wanted the richest people in town because if I was going to go over there by myself with a 32 foot ladder, I was like, man, I really, I need to get seven, $800 to, to, to be doing this. Otherwise, you know, it, it's not for, honestly, it wasn't worth my, my time to constantly, you know, devote building this thing. I was like, I really need to get these margins or at least see if I can. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is, is, uh, you know, depending on your area, you can definitely get those types of prices. But I mean, every area has a high ticket. So it doesn't matter where you live. You can yeah. always be the best guy in the area. So that's, that's what the channel's about. One truck, and seeing, you know, how do we become the best guy or the most boutique guy in that area? And and in that respect, you and I are kind of on polar opposite ends. You know, my I want to have you know five hundred trucks and <laughs> and uh, you know two thousand employees. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm exaggerating, of course, but uh, you know, you're I what I think about all that is it's cool. You know, it's like there's more than one way to win. And what I like about, you know, Aaron has, I've gotten to know you and Cody, the little, you know, we've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last couple of weeks is, you know, we all kind of have like, we're, we're, we're like-minded in the sense that we all belong in the no bitch zone, right? Uh, you know, we're in it right now. We all belong here, but we're not, we don't have to fight over, no, my, my method's better than your method or my way's better than yours. It's like, there's different ways to win and, and we have different goals and, and, um, you know, here's one of my goals. <clears throat> I'm just trying to get rid of like these crow's feet and stuff like on my, my eyes. So I've been like using this no crow stuff and I, I just want to be able to retire early, have other people work and make me money and me look good on the beach, you know? So that's kind of like where I'm going, you know, with all that stuff. But, but anyway, in saying all that guys, I want to pivot a little bit here and, um, we're, we're going to get into some technical stuff, but two things. One, for all of you guys that are watching uh, live right now, it looks like there's quite a few of you. Go ahead, ask any questions in the chat, in the live chat there. We're kind of ignoring the questions right now, but go ahead and ask any questions that you may have. Um, specific, well, it can be anything. I mean, you've got a really good group here of guys that can help answer things, but uh, you're not going to get on my channel very often the opportunity to ask some of the technical questions that these guys are going to be able to answer. So. Go ahead and ask them. And here at the end, we're going to run through the chat here at the end of the podcast and answer those things for you. One thing that is funny, Rusty says, what's up, Bobby, Cody, and Mr. Caterpillar Man? Is that reference to your mustache? Is that, or, <laughs> you know, I've got the worst mustache. It looks like I've got like a cleft lip here with this white, uh, <laughs> white hair. But here's the thing. It's just white hair. And I'm too lazy to keep it dyed all the time. But um everyone's always like what is that cocaine or 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 powdered sugar and i'm like well if it was one of those two and it was me it'd be powdered sugar but but no it's neither it's old age it's stress and it's bad luck that it all landed right under my nose so so second thing and then we're going to get in i'm going to ask you guys a few questions but i'm going to ask this question a little earlier in the show earlier than i normally would cody uh it's well, there's no probably. This absolutely will be the most important question that I ask you today. Uh, so I'm just going to get right into it. Let's imagine 
that you are, you know, you're out in the country, you're, you're walking, uh, walking along and just like, you know what, it's a beautiful day. I'm not working. I'm just going to go walk through the fields and yeah, maybe you're trespassing or whatever. You're not doing anything bad. You're just walking, enjoying, you know, just enjoying nature and, and, and what we have here, you know, God's country. And the next thing, you know, you're, you're in a field, you hear like the gate slam behind you. There's like, it's like a weird barbed wired, you know, kind of fence keeping, you know, with razor wire over it. And you're like, what did I do? I got trapped. And there's a guy yelling at you. He's like, you've trespassed on my property. And now you're going to be in a fight to the death. And the only way you can get out of here is to kill your opponent, but you get to choose your opponent. And so here's your choice, Cody. You get to fight one horse sized duck, or you get to fight 1000 duck sized horses. So you've got a, either one horse sized duck or a thousand duck sized horses, no time limits, you know, two men or, or a thousand and one men and ducks enter. No yeah, man you, leaves. Or one you, leaves. No, uh, actually, it's hand, hand, uh, <laughs> hands only. I'll put it up, then. Just trying to play the scenario. I'm going to go for the one great big duck. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to shoot one duck. Yeah, Maybe you can't shoot him. It's hands. It's just Mortal Kombat. Just two yeah. two foes engage in Mortal Kombat. Okay, yeah. I'm still going to go with the big one. You're going to go with like a 1,200 pound flying beast with a beak that's four feet long yeah probably yeah oh my god um, i don't know i don't know what this any of this means maybe i'm on an acid trip i don't know no but. it just it just the, this this question the answer to it just lets us into who you are as a person and has uh let us well, all realize that you, you know you like character because thousand upsized horses so I feel I, I kind of feel some type of way about that, but your your thousand little ducks is kind of my everyday life. That's what I do. It's every day. I'm trying to we're trying to finish three trailer builds. We're trying to keep the schedule of wash jobs knocked down. I'm getting like fifteen calls every hour. Literally every time I set my phone down and pick it up, it's it's full of notifications. And that's kind of what it feels like every day. So sometimes I just would rather it be one 1200 pound duck. You, you, you heard it here guys you can't trust business advice from cody because he's he's admitting he can't even run his business because he can't, can't handle the thousand ducks so too many ducks, man. <laughs> i need a i need a duck slayer uh if any of you guys want to offer your services for that yeah need all, right. all right and then uh and mr uh uh mr bobby here um our i'm sorry not bobby what's You're what's bobby. your alter ego i'm bobby but what's your uh uh I want to say Ricky Bobby. Um, well, I forget your guy's name. What what is it? <laughs> Ricky Tommy. Ricky Tommy. So I want to ask Ricky Tommy the same question: Is Ricky <laughs> Tommy going to fight? And guys, we're we're about to get to the technical questions here. But is Ricky Tommy? I think he's got to go find Ricky. So as he finds Ricky, I want to know: Is Ricky going to fight the one horse-sized duck or the one thousand duck-sized horses? Come on, Ricky Tommy. Okay, y'all. Shit. I'm gonna tell y'all one thing now. <laughs> I damn duck shit. I'm gonna tell that duck. Bring his ass on out. Which one? The big horse? The big duck? Horse sized duck? Or the little Look, horses? I'm gonna take the big ass duck. Cause uh, he ought to be the size of my brother. <laughs> and we'll fight. Fight to the damn death. I'll choke his ass out. You think you have the stamina to. Uh, 
keep up with it. Well, probably not, but shit, I'm going to give it my damn best shot. Yeah, okay. And if you did have to fight the thousand horse uh, duck-sized horses, what would your strategy be in that situation? Well, it would be like a damn game of kickball for a while. He'd be coming at me, and I'd just be punting them. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then I'd, I'd have to pick up a stick or something. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Guys, I've just got to say, for those of you listening to the audio, it, you, you missed it. You've just got to, you got to get on YouTube and watch this episode, watch the video here. Just look, check your timestamp. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for t- participating in my, my, uh, my, my, fun. <laughs> so I didn't ask Aaron cause Aaron already answered the question when he was on the show before and he gave the wrong answer just like you, Cody. So, uh, man. Yeah, so here we are. For some. I, I can only wait to see what I dream about tonight. I'm probably going to have horrible dreams. All right, so we are going to get into the technical stuff. And I've, I've kind of asked each of you to kind of, you know, wrap your head around a couple of questions. Um, so I'm going to go with Cody first just because you're the, you're the new guy. So we want to, you know, in this particular uh, setting here, you're, you're the new guy in the group. Um, so, Cody, you've got – 15 plus years of experience, soft washing, you know, and pressure washing. I know soft washing is like the thing, you know, but you've got 15 years of experience doing this. Um, you don't just do the work, but you also build the systems. You, you know what it takes. And so a part of your living and probably a big part of your living comes from making the equipment, making custom trailers to allow people to, to make their own living. Uh, what I want you to do is share, you know, two or three, we'll start with, we'll start with this. Give me two or three best practices or best uh, things that a new guy should do. And let's say someone that does not have an endless budget. So let's say the guy maybe has got, let's say he's got five to seven grand. You know, he's, he's got a little bit of money. He can start a pressure washing, soft washing company. He, uh, let's just assume he has a pickup truck. Okay. okay. So he's got a pickup truck. He's got a few thousand bucks. What are things that uh, they should focus on from an equipment standpoint? Now we're not talking sales and marketing. We've got the budget for, for equipment. What would you recommend to someone like that? That's going to be doing soft washing and pressure washing. Well, don't go over the top on a pressure washer starting out. Um, you can do a lot with a four or a five and a half gallon a minute machine. Now, when you get in, you know, later on, you're going to want to upgrade from that if you're going to do great big stuff. But residential, that's kind of what we, we do, residential and, you know, light commercial. So split the difference. I have a lot of guys that say, hey, I need an eight-gallon-minute hot water machine. That's fine if you've got the budget for it and you, you're going to do those type of jobs that, that need that. But you can swing so far in that direction where you're spending too much in one place. So if I had that $6,000 range, mm-hmm. uh, I would set up a – a dedicated soft wash system and a dedicated pressure washer so that I can do pretty much everything. I can do driveways. I can run a 20 inch surface cleaner. We run them with our four gallon, five and a half, so maybe a little better, but you can do a lot with that versatility. So not saying you bought a, a system from us, but just you can build it yourself for around that. You got mm-hmm. your, your truck, you drop your tanks. Uh, one of the biggest things you can do to help yourself out and it will cost you a little bit of money is moving from a batch type soft wash setup to a blendable soft wash setup. That's yep. a huge thing. And it's a little bitty uh, expense on the front end. So you got to have three tanks instead of one. 
Whereas if you're, if you're batch mixing, you're going to make a batch. Let's say you got a hundred gallon tank. You make a batch of call it whatever, 4%, who, who knows, whatever it is. Yeah. And then you're going to go out and, and conquer. But at the next job, you've got hey, to. Cody, let, let me just interrupt just briefly. Keep going with this point. Go a little deeper into what batch mixing versus that that is. Just for some, some guys may not even know what a blend system is. It might not even make sense at all. So what do you mean when you say batch mixing? Right. So when I was part-time, I, I batch mixed because I was only going to go do roofs and they all basically need the same strength and I was going to go do one or two jobs. So you have in a batch system, that's the easiest thing to put together for soft washing. You got one tank, a pump, a hose reel, a battery, you know, that's basically it. So you, let's call it a hundred gallon tank. You mix your SH in your water and you put some surfactant in there and you've got, depending on what you put in there, you can put a, have a hundred gallons of 1% strength, or you can have a hundred gallons of 12 if you, if you fill it up with pure 12, but you're stuck with that batch. And so let's say you make a hundred gallons of five and a half percent strength. Okay. That's a good roof cleaning mix. You can go do one, maybe two roof cleanings, depending on how big they are. But the problem is tomorrow you've got to make another batch or that afternoon you've got to make another batch. Or let's say you've got a house wash at 9am. You make a 50 gallons in that tank of one and a half percent, two percent, whatever. Well, you got a roof clean in that afternoon. The only way you can vary that is to go back home and dump more SH manually. It's really, really slow. Mm-hmm. It's the most inefficient way to soft wash. You can yeah. still make money that way. When you move from a batch to a blend, now you have three tanks of concentrate on your truck. You've got a tank of water, which you can always keep filled at the customer's house. Mm-hmm. A tank that's pure 12.5% bleach. Some places can only get 10. It, it doesn't matter. But you've got a raw bleach tank, and then you've got a small raw soap tank. So now you're carrying around your three concentrates instead of your three main ingredients. So you're carrying around bulk. You can do a ton more work. And when you get a, a blendable system, now you just have to do this. You turn a knob to go from 1% house wash to a 5.5% roof cleaning, or you, you know, you're going to clean some yeah. moss or something. You just literally do this. So there's no more guesswork, no math, no, no muss, no fuss. So that's so that a blend, the blend system, what you're describing, you got three, now instead of one tank that just has your mixture in there, you've got water, you've got bleach, you've got soap, and then you yep. have three dials and yep. you, you can turn each dial and say, okay, out of the water, I want to go hundred yep. percent out of the bleach. I want to go, you know, whatever ratio. And then same with soap. I want to go whatever yep. ratio. And now not only does it make things faster for you, but you're actually also able to still legally carry more bleach with you. That's right. You're in that mixed tank. You know, you can only carry 110 gallons of bleach unless you want to go crazy on all the regulations. Um, well, if you're batching, you're not carrying hundred gallons of bleach. You're just right. carrying maybe 50 at the most, cause you're not going to do more than a 50, 50 mix. So um, if you're batching now that, that 110 gallon tank, if you have a, a bleach tank that big, I don't uh, on my trucks, but if you have one that big, now it's all bleach. So you right. can literally double, your capacity on the yeah. truck, not to mention all of the time that, that you save from the blitz, uh, blend system. So I agree. Yeah. I, I love both of your tips so far. This is good stuff. Um, you want another one? A tip yeah, give on us another track. one. Just give us at least one. Um, so trying to look at my list here. I'm going to have to say training because you don't, you, you really don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Even doing it 13 years when I went full time, I had only, I still learned a lot, you know, just getting into the industry, networking with some dudes, 
I'll give you one quick story. I burned up a thousand dollars worth of pumps in a week, 12 volt pumps. I had used 12 volt pumps for a decade, but I had always ran to tractor supply every spring, bought me a new little pump, slapped it on my pickup, went out and made money. Well, the biggest pumps you can grab locally are usually like a four gallon a minute. So when we went full time, I said, Hey, go get these, you know, the biggest and best of everything. We went and got some seven gallon minute pumps, slapped them on the truck and we were burning them up. I mean, within two, two, three jobs. I'm like, what the crap is going on? I literally didn't know what I didn't know. So I started to develop a bad attitude towards 12 volt. And I was like, dude, screw this stuff. I might figure out a better way. All it was, was I upgraded pump to this big, but my hose and my wands were still only able to flow this much. And that's just one thing that you, you taking some training. I'm not one to say, Hey, you need to take training every year. You know, it's a good idea, but there's some, some stuff when you start out that you just, you may think you know it all, but if, if you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Network with some dudes, take some training and you'll just pick up little tips and things from them that you just, you know, like stupid stuff like a high pressure ball valve. You know how many guys have come to our class and they don't know what a high pressure ball, ball valve is on their pressure washer. I'm like, dude, it's the best $60 you can spend. <laughs> you cut your stuff off. You can bolt rinse little $60 thing and they just, they have no idea. So I would say initially, definitely take, take a class somewhere. Nice. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. So now let's, let's switch. And I know the answers on this could be, there could be some duplicate, but let's try not to, if we can, what are two, three, four, five, 10, a hundred? I don't know. What are some common mistakes you see guys doing with equipment when they start out? Well, you to rinse your systems out after every job every minute 30 minutes an hour that sh is sitting in your components it's degrading things it's eating up swivels it's eating up the inside of your hose reel manifolds it's bleach is very it's very harsh on things it doesn't take much effort especially with a blendable system now that you've got that to cut your two two lines off leave the water on and rinse Rinsing your crap out will save you an ounce of prevention in a pound of, of fixing stuff down the road. Yeah. And we fix stuff for people that were built from other vendors that they, the vendor built it fine and they bring it to us to repair it because we're more local to them and it looks like crap. And I know it's not, it's not the, the skid or the trailer is not bad. It's just because, you know, they're, they're transferring their bleach over and they're not careful and they splash bleach on their, their stuff and they just say, ah, it'd be all right. No, it ain't going to be all right. It's going to eat that stuff up. So yeah, ask me how I know. <laughs> rinse it out. It'll save you a truck bed. It'll save you a trailer. Uh, so rin rinsing. We rinse after every single job. We rinse out. That's the final step in, in the job is to uh, flush the systems out. So that's, that's big. Um, guys that are trying to build their own stuff using too small gauge of wiring, especially on 12-volt stuff because it's mm -hmm. pulling so many amps beef your stuff up, you know, get thicker gauge, 10 gauge wire. That's just a little thing. Um, I see this a lot and it's not so much on the equipment, but guys that don't understand ratios, mm -hmm. we can go out and clean everything with just straight bleach 12.5. But if you go spray 12.5% SH on a roof and you don't understand what you're spraying lava, yeah. So it doesn't do any good to go clean a seven, $800 roof and do a thousand dollars worth of damage to the landscape. So that's a, that's just a common, common boo-boo. Um, 
cross-contaminating chemicals. That's that's bad. I, it's guys will buy a ten thousand dollar trailer. We had we had some guys looking at buying a, a trailer from us, fifteen thousand dollar trailer, and I was having a hard time convincing them to purchase multiple pump-up sprayers for multiple chems. Like hmm. brother, twenty bucks, man. Get you. <laughs> get you a sprayer for each thing you're going to pump through there. Cause you can, there was a story recently last uh, fall where a guy killed himself mixed in, you know, bleach. I think it was at a Buffalo wild wings. He wasn't in the industry. He just worked there. Got some SH on something else that was already on the floor. So uh, cross contamination is, can be a big no, no. And on the not necessarily equipment, but the, the getting the job done, being careful around electrical stuff, you can, you can screw up big time getting some of that, that mix down uh, behind a, uh, a light fixture on a wall that's not sealed up or not taking your time to cover outlets and things like that. So it's just, it, it's nothing huge, but they I all, thought I was going to burn a house down one time. <laughs> I really did. It was, quick. it was terrible. It was, I was so scared and she uses, she's been my biggest repeat customer, but the first time she doesn't know we almost burn her house down. So um. <laughs> what's her name? I'll forward her this. Yeah. No, I ain't doing that. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so we can come back to that. So guys, for the sake of time, we don't, cause we could make this podcast really, really long, but we've got the, the live chat going and we got more questions that are going to come in. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I'm going to get over to Aaron, but a couple of thoughts. I, um, but I, I agree completely like on the pressure washer side of things, like I know like an eight gallon per minute machine goes faster than the five and a half that I have, but being a residential guy, I do two car driveways. Mm-hmm. I, there's not a whole lot of time I can cut off. You know, most of our time's not spent pressure washing. It's getting the stuff out, putting the stuff in. So like if I spend that extra money, uh, I'm not going to gain a lot, but what I will lose is the, um, you know, when I'm working out of a pickup bed with a residential setup, is um i'm not my buffer tank won't be able to keep up with that that eight and i'm gonna have a lot of downtime when i'm doing other things with it so that's why that's why we go with the smaller ones we started out with a four now we got five and a halfs um the blend system i think is a a no-brainer i'm using the expensive ones you know i'm using the the 1300 one you can buy online and and at that price point they're still really worth it you know and then um and then the training it's funny you say that i was just talking to a guy that lives about four hours north of me to earlier to this afternoon. And I'm like, dude, can I just come out to your place? Me and one of my techs, because <clears throat> I haven't invested much in my training and um, it, we've done really well. You know, like we've been doing great, but now at the stage of growth that I'm at, I'm having some, um, you know, you're like your weak links are the ones that break. And that's one of my uh, links on a couple of, uh, couple of, um, services that that we need some help on and then and then you're talking about the rinsing the equipment and and actually splashing bleach i've got a pressure washer that's like eight months old because i don't work in the field anymore and i did a piss poor job this past year of like managing my guys and and doing maintenance and stuff like that i've got an eight month old pressure washer it looks i spent i think 3200 bucks on it it looks like it's 10 years old it's Mm. been in the shop like three times and I'm like, why the fuck is, and I, I was looking at other things and, and, uh, most of it just came from the guys splashing, spilling bleach out on it, letting things spill. And then here we are. So, <clears throat> so anyway, so that's that. Um, so Cody, thank you. Keep your thoughts. Cause there's people asking questions for you already. Um, Aaron Parker, 
I know this is going to be hard for you because you tend to not be a very opinionated person, but um, wh what kind of mistakes do you see guys doing when they first start out? Um, I think the normal stuff is being very uh, equipment focused. Like, and I understand, I, I do understand why that happens is because equipment to is kind of mystical. You know, there's different, types of washers and there's different PSIs and there's different, like, you know, Cody was talking about the ball valve systems. I mean, there's blend modules, right? There's soft, what is soft washing? A lot of guys don't even know what that is, mm -hmm. you know, and that it's run by a completely separate piece of equipment. Um, so I do understand why guys come in and they're very equipment driven, equipment focused, but like what Cody was saying is that you can, do a ton with a small machine. And that's what I started with. I think that's what most guys who start on a shoestring and have no experience. That's what they start with is like Home Depot machine. So um, the main mistake is not being marketing focused from the beginning um, and not honing your skills, whether it's taking a sales course or figuring out someone who knows marketing to have them do it for you. Or you doing it, you learning it yourself, which is what I had to do. Um, that's what I, I noticed is, is being so involved mentally with equipment that, you know, some guys do have 10 grand. They're retired, right? They, they come from a different business where they're making six figures a year anyway. So, but they seem to gravitate towards equipment and they get this big rig, right? A beautiful rig, like. Cody would build and then they don't know what to do with it. They don't have yeah. any leads coming in and you know, you're stuck networking at church and you know, trying to figure out how to get leads. So for me, I had to flip that on its head and I was like, well, I need to have too many leads coming in for my lean and mean business. I wanted to be able to uh, pick and choose almost like flip the idea on its head where a lot of guys in our industry, they're always, they're always crawling for leads, right? Yeah. They, they just need more and more and more and more business. And even the best businesses have what 30% return, like 30, 30, 40, maybe, right. If you're trying to get them on subscriptions, right. So you do need more leads. But for me, I wanted to flip that on its head and really remove the neediness um, that was ever involved with a walkthrough or with an estimate, right? Because truly, man, like early on, I was faking it. Like when I was like <laughs> posturing on people and, you know, kind of acting like I had a lot going on, I had nothing going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to be comfortable doing that, you know, because those high end prospects, they smell neediness. Yeah. They smell it and they don't like it. And, um, it's kind of anti what they are. So for me, those are the people I wanted to target and I had to figure out a way to get the leads flown in. So I think guys getting started, they need to be equally equipment driven and e equal equipment and marketing driven. But I do know that a lot of guys who are getting involved with this business, a lot of us are blue collar. We're guys who have worked with stuff before I, I grew up in a shop you know, in, in South Alabama, working on cars with my dad. So I had a little landscape company. So I was very like, I can work on things. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I know a lot of guys getting started, that's where our, we, we work with our hands and a lot of them are built into other businesses, whatever they're in, shrimp boating, whatever, they work with their hands. And so that marketing end is very mystical. So I would just encourage, that's a big mistake that I see, just get out of your comfort zone and really focus on dominating your marketing, uh, however you're going to do it. Because whether it's website flyers, SEO, all of the above, whatever you're going to do, just it all works. Yeah. You just have to pick one or two, really, really two, mm -hmm. and just dominate them. Yeah, go deep. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just, <laughs> well, that's it. That's, that's really okay. kind of in a nutshell what guys trip up on. Well, I agree wholeheartedly. And it's like, I think what we've got to remember is, you know, and I think Cody would agree with us here is like equipment is what's necessary to cash the check, mm -hmm. but equipment doesn't generate the revenue. And I, I, you do see a lot of people, they make the mistake where it's like, you can't, that's why like Cody, when I was giving you the example earlier, I said, they have this much money for equipment. We're not talking about sales and marketing. Cause if you only have $6,000 to start with, you don't need to spend six grand on equipment. You need to mm -hmm. go, go buy a little use electric pressure washer and take eight hours to do a 1500 square foot house. But at least you can get some, some work coming in because you can spend the money on, on marketing. And what happens is guys, they, they buy these big, nice, super expensive things. And then the next season they're selling it because they didn't do what Aaron's talking about and they didn't have the leads coming in first. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and now you got to pay for that damn equipment. So, uh, so I think I agree with all of you guys on all points. So now let's do this. We're going to get into the, the questions here. So guys, uh, there's a good handful. There's probably at least 10 or so 10 or 12 questions in here. Uh, hurry up and ask your questions if you would, because there's always a delay of them coming to us. So that way you guys aren't watching us sit here, just kind of tap the table waiting. Uh, but before we get into it, let's talk about this. Um, Aaron, you kind of connect, you're the one that kind of brought this little group together. Yeah. Uh, I know you've known Cody. I, I don't know how long you've known Cody, but you've known him longer than I've known him. We grew up together. Did you guys grow up together for real? I am talking about middle Alabama, you know. <laughs> so I feel like everybody in Alabama is my cousin, so <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> like, hey man, uh, you know, got this guy Cody and and we're doing this thing and we'd like you to to be a part of it. And I'm like, bro, I'm always down for attention. So let's let's do this. But um who's who Aaron, since you you're the one that brought us together, why don't you share with everyone what we've got going on here in February? So here, absolutely. Not so quite, um, about a month and a half from now. Yeah. February. What is it? Cody 21st, 22nd. Is that right? Yep. That's right. Cool. Yeah. So Cody talked to me and I, I think it's going to be what I would like to call. I mean, everybody here is kind of specialists in what they do. I know Bobby, you've, you've been able to really um, get attention and uh, you know, we've talked about that a lot in, in mm -hmm. the industry and, and make a name for yourself as far as being known and building your business super fast and being able to get to like, I don't know, 7 billion reviews or something, which is definitely uh, something very mystical for a lot of guys to I'm figure not, out. I don't really keep track of code. them, but it's 443 as of this morning. <laughs> oh, right. Well, you know what he's counting, but uh, <laughs> um and, and I thought that was really cool. And uh, Cody has this ability to build these rigs that were just beautiful to me. And I know marketing and SEO because that's what I do. Um, 
We also got Jason Guyman, uh, who's going to be at this event in Atlanta, who's like an expert at pressure washing uh, rigs as well, downstreaming, like having tons of trucks with those. He has, I think he has a lot of flatbeds at least when he, when he was doing it um, built out. Sean Hodges is going to be there as well. So what's really cool about this event is that it's all specialists who are doing this business every single day um, who, ha- who are not so far away from the guy who is getting started and who's maybe making five grand on the side to, you know, even 40 grand a month, right? Like those guys are, are in that growth phase and they really can make a decision as to do they want to remain lean and mean and keep it tight and keep it one truck, two guys, you know, that area, or do they want to do like what you're doing, Bobby, you know, and, and grow this thing into a beast. So it's, it's cool. You're finding these guys in this critical moment. And these are the guys who are coming to this event. We've had a, a bunch of tickets sold now and all of them are in this place where, um, they're growing. They're either starting and they're wanting to learn how to get to 30K a month to where they can just chill out and roll it like that and keep the leads coming in, or they want to get to where you're going and build it into that big thing. So, um, Atlanta, uh, February 21st and 22nd, the Washathon. I want to thank Cody for putting this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, it's going to so, be pretty neat. Um, you don't mind me jumping into you, Bobby? No, Cody. Yeah, I was going to say, tell them, tell them what we're going to, the types of things that we're going to be covering and talking about. I just put a link in the uh, comments here so people can click on it and have a look at it. But tell them what they're going to be learning and what it's going to be like. I just pulled a beard hair out on this screen. It hurt a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that was kind of the vision is to have a niche guy for every aspect of the business. My niche is soft washing and, you know, the equipment, how to set it up so that it works right. And we've all got our strong suits. Like you said, Jason, man, he's, he knows everything about pressure washing downstream and all that stuff. Sean's uh, really good with troubleshooting maintenance, keeping your stuff running. So it's going to be not like dead center in Atlanta because that would be a nightmare logistically. We're just right on the outskirts of Atlanta. So you can go to the airport, you know, take an Uber to the hotel. I've got two different hotels. I'm trying to dial in which one we're going to be at for surezies. The one I'm wanting to, to lock in, y'all have seen it. It's a really nice place, but yeah. it's not like, five star. It's like four, um, hundred, little over a hundred dollars a night for the room. So that's on nothing. Um, but yeah, $800 if you use the early bird or seven ninety nine for the dis, uh, January discount. And we've also got another discount. If you're, if it's you, you're bringing a lead tech, um, you'll get a significant discount for that. So two guys can come for a thousand or one dude for 800 bucks. Uh, I'll say this, we, we train 75 companies, in 2019, it was 70 something. Uh, that's just soft wash 101. Those guys paid 300 bucks a piece to come to that class. I didn't have any of them that, that said they weren't satisfied with the class. So they got $300 worth of knowledge, just hanging out with me on a Friday, going through the presentation and then going to the field. Uh, so you're not just getting a me, you're getting a, you're getting five. It's, yeah. it's like Voltron, the, all the cats, <laughs> All little cats coming together to make a big giant. Yeah, and we'll go do battle. Um, So, yeah, we're going to have some field stuff as well. We're going to book a job, go out, do a roof cleaning, uh, possibly a house wash too. I'd like to find one house that's got them both, and we'll wash a house, clean a roof, start to finish, and uh, and we'll see. Let let these guys see how you do this thing. Yeah, cool stuff. So, basically, uh, to rattle off a few things uh, off the top of my head, I know we're going to be in the field 
we're doing a roof cleaning for sure. So everyone's going to be out there, hands-on roof cleaning, soft wash, uh, probably a house wash as well. And then um, we're also going to have some classroom talk about soft washing, pressure washing, things like that. Um, and then we're going to uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of that stuff. It's going to be real heavy on the technical side. But then we're also going to be talking about things like how to get reviews. You know, um, how, how did I get 443 reviews in less than three years of business um, with a 5.0 rating? We're going to be talking about how to generate revenue with very little budget. And we're going to be talking about that in a couple of ways. We'll, we'll be talking about it, how to do it digitally. We're going to be talking about how to do it with boots on the ground. Uh, we're going to talk about how to get higher ticket prices. Um, I hate to admit this, but Aaron's better at that than I am. So he'll probably he's be the me. one. Yeah, he'll probably I'll be talking about that. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, I did a job. Yeah, I did that water tower cleaning job. I was making $1,600 an hour. We made 9000 in in six hours and some change. But that's that's not my norm. So that's why I'm glad he's going to be there to take, that's his spiel. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool. Uh, I'm excited. I'm going to bring my new guy. I just, I just brought a new guy on. He starts next week. Known this kid since he was a little, little bitty kid, super hard worker. He don't know crap about pressure washing. So thankfully he's going to be there in Atlanta and he'll yeah. be, won't be up on, on stage. He'll be taking notes. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it's just going to be great stuff. And, and it's, you don't have to be a new guy to get something from it. But if you're a newer guy, whether you haven't started at all or whether you just know you need that injection of steroids to help you get to the next level, this is one of those few events that does both. It's going to be technical and it's going to be getting the phone ringing. So you're not, you know, just like the things that Aaron shared and the things that Cody shared on this podcast, um, you're going to get both. You're going to get both of those things and you're going to be able to leave with real world applicable not theoretical things that we think would work. It's stuff that we've done in our businesses that does work to this day. Um, so once again, guys, I put the link in the, uh, in the show notes here. If you're listening to the podcast, there'll be a link in the show notes on the podcast. I put the link in the comments here. Click on the link. You can get a few more details. Basically, the ticket structure, once again, uh, a single ticket, it's $9.49. But if you buy it in January, you save $150. So it's $7.99 in January. A two-person ticket, you actually save a little money. It's like 1420 bucks if you do two tickets. But if you buy it in January, you get it for $9.99. So if you've got a business partner, if you've got an employee, if you've got another good friend that owns a pressure washing or soft washing company or that wants to start it, you know, both of you buy the ticket together and, uh, and you save a, a buku of money that way. So it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm super excited about it for a few reasons. The class is going to be great. I can't wait to go have cigars with the guys, you know, cigars and a couple of drinks, you know, in the evenings too, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, so that's that guys, before we move to the questions, anything that you guys want to, um, mention before we get into taking the questions here, anything you got, anything else you need to add? I'm just curious if, if Ricky Tommy's going to be in Atlanta. <laughs> he might show up. I don't know if I'm going to let him in the truck. <laughs> he keeps blowing out these downstreamers. I ain't going to let him in the truck. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, guys, listen, we're not done yet, but just like for like the, the, the initial podcasty part of this, I appreciate you guys uh, joining me. I'm really honored to have you both on, on my show. Um, you guys are both just like pillars in the industry and, and, uh, I'm, I'm honored that you're on the show. I'm, I was, when Aaron called me, he's like, Hey, you want to do this? I'm like, 
I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you guys to ask me this kind of stuff. So I'm super excited. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. So I'm going to just jump right in here to the comments. We'll see what people say. Guys, go ahead and ask any questions you have. So uh, we've got a bunch of guys saying hi. We got uh, Invasion HD and James saying hi. We got Bates and Sons LLC. He says, wanted to say thank you for sharing your time and thoughts with me and the family. Thank you very much, y'all. So guys, uh, Bates and Sons says thank you. Bates and Sons, you are welcome. Uh, Michael Wolf says, uh, shout out to Aaron for his website team. So Aaron, sounds like your website team knows what they're doing. Uh, we've already talked about the Caterpillar Man comment, but that was still funny. Uh, Dave Smith, what's going on? Um, <laughs> Bates was telling you to grab the teeth a little earlier. So, all right. So here's the first question. Ricky Ricky. So Ricky Ricky says, do y'all have packages and can you show them or list the services you provide in each package? I'm trying to make one, but I'm having trouble. Uh, I'll share my thoughts, but I'll go last. So um, Cody or Aaron, you guys got any thoughts on packages? Cody, you go first. Oh, okay. I see how it is. So <laughs> we, um, uh, where we live, I may migrate to package deals in the future, but we have basically sold everything a la carte. They call us for uh, roof cleaning. We show up, we give them the quote, and we, we itemize out what they want because it is hard to sell packages here where I'm at. I'm in, like I said, Podunksville, rural. rural. When you're in those niche markets where there's money, I'm this, I'm this way. I bought my wife's SUV and they had a Toyota Sequoia limited and they had a Toyota Sequoia platinum. Now we needed the limited because it had a bench seat in the middle, but you know me, I was like, I'm going to get that platinum dog. And so I really screwed myself because I've got three kids and I've got captain's chairs in the middle, but just because I wanted the platinum package, you can't really do that in Roanoke a lot. So we still, we still operate on an a la carte basis for each itemized thing. Now we push them, we try to sell them, Hey, your roof's dirty. You need a house wash. What about the driveway? Let's let me give you a package on site. But as far as a preset package pricing, we we don't do that right now. Hey, Aaron, you didn't tell Cody before we started recording that this was the no bitch zone, did you? <laughs> Nobody told me. <laughs> I'm teasing Cody. We I don't know you well enough to do that. <laughs> but I just yeah, did. I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any like like preset packages. My my thing is very much about. Uh, how the walkthrough goes, if mm -hmm. there is a walkthrough, if I do see stuff, um, and, and kind of vibing out what the customer's tone was like on the phone, what their wording is like, like some people are literally going to call you and they want one thing because they're selling this house this week. They don't care about your gutter whitening. All right. So they're not interested. So you can feel it out if you, if you, if you do enough calls, eventually you'll be able to kind of feel out what the priority and how the customer talks about the job they want. And then you can start adding certain pieces on to where, you know, my big goal is just to try to get the job over a grand, over 1500. If I can get that job over $1,500, it's a win. Cool. 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 Uh, so my philosophy, I'm similar. Um, so here's my thought and Cody, I'll, I'll push back on you just a hair and I'll say this. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're not. I mean, cause we all, you know, sometimes we're a little, you know, too close to the situation, but even if you're right and, and most people in your area don't love it, my thought is this is you're not going to lose any sales by offering the package, right? You know, so you can still do the thing and I'm not like trying to preach at you here, 
but I think, you know, you need to put a package together every time. But just like Aaron said, guys, I, I don't have preset packages. So like my package A is different every time. Package B is different every time. And C is different every time. And basically what I kind of try to do is, you know, I'll like make package A. If they called me for a house wash, I'll put the, the house wash and the next lowest hanging fruit. Where can I get, you know, a little more money from them? Maybe well, we actually, yeah, that's, we do that. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm taking the question maybe the wrong way. Like you have a preset. Yeah. We oh yeah. 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 Don't yeah, have a preset. When we get on site, they're going to get some. Okay, good. Okay. I'm, I love you more now, Cody. I love you more <laughs> now. Uh, so package A would be like what you asked for. And then a little bit of low hanging fruit package B is going to be, um, Hey, here's some more stuff you can really use. And then package C is, Hey, we're cleaning everything, including the garden gnome out there. And then you just give them the options. And, um, most people, um, they're almost, I mean, I don't have actual hard stats I could give you, but most people are going to like more people will get the package than won't, uh, you know, a package. And some people just get package C just cause it's available. Just like, just like Cody's example with the car. Some people just do that. And, um, cause they're like, well, you're already here. You're going to do it. So build packages. We can't like, we can't like hand feed you here, like what your packages should be but you can build them on your own. And I, I would say just don't get in your own way. Don't get in your own way on that. Excuse me. Don't get in your own way. Just, um, you know, be observant and say, here's one, here's one with a little more, here's one with everything. And then, uh, and then fail forward. You know, you'll, you'll find best practices, worst practices and, and change as you go. So, all right, next question. Let me find the next one. We got packages there. We got same with Ricky Ricky. Is there a template you can share with us? Yeah. I don't, um, I don't have a template like for packages for the very reason we said, because there's no like set packages. Um, Jeremy says duck sized horses because Jeremy is smart. I like you, Jeremy. Good stuff. All right. James LaRosa says is a market with 30,000 owner occupied homes with a median income of 50 K a good market to go after where the competition seems thin. Is this in Antarctica? <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you my, my thoughts. I think you can make some money there. Yeah. I don't think you could build a, you know, million and a half dollar business in, in a market with 30,000 homes. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, I think that would be really difficult but I do think you could, you know, as an owner operator, if you're going to be lean and mean like Aaron, you could probably make, uh, make some money. Um, guys, any other thoughts on that? Yeah, that's no. why I asked because I think it, it does depend on what part of the world you're in. Like, you know, some guys are, that are listening. I've got guys on the channel from Australia, right? So it just does depend if you're in Alaska with 30,000 people, Right. And your season is going to be like seriously six months, five months. That's not almost frozen. I just wouldn't get into pressure washing. Like I would, mm -hmm. I would do something else. Um, if you're in a part of Florida, that's, you know, all year long and you got 30,000 people in there and, and like you got a serious season. Yeah. I think, I think you could definitely make some good money. Yeah. And I think where we're being a little timid uh, with our response is there's a lot of information that we don't have. Um, you know, I always teach that the very step one is you do your market research and you have to establish, you know, if your market's viable, um, you can, you know, what is, you know, maybe if you go out another 10 miles, maybe you can add another 30,000 
people. I, I don't know. Maybe if you don't go 10 miles, but there's another city that's 15 miles away, 20 miles away, but it's much, much bigger. And then you can just schedule accordingly. So you're not killing yourself with drive time. And on these days you're in that city. And, you know, so there's a lot of things that you've got to look at that we don't know here. You can probably make money. James, if I remember, I think you're, I think you said you're a college student. Uh, if I remember from a previous chat. Um, and if you are, you know, I mean, if you're not trying to just, you know, make 200 K in personal income, you'll probably be able to do it. Uh, the only thing that kind of raises a red flag for me is I look at things a little different than a lot of guys. A lot of people always say, Oh, there's too many pressure washers in this area. You can't do it. To me, that's an indication that there's a market that supports pressure washing. If the competition is thin, mm, there might be a reason that it's thin because there might be a reason that no one else is there doing it. So, uh, guys, unless one of you wants to chime in, I'm going to go into the next question. Nope. Okay. Uh, Bill says, um, take the duck. I've stuck my finger in a duck's mouth and live to tell about it. Big ducks can't fly. Bill, you don't know that. You don't know that big ducks can't fly. <laughs> Have you ever seen a horse-sized duck? Okay. I rest my case. As far as I know, ducks fly regardless of their size. So suck on that. Uh, Michael Wolf says, I have my website built and I want to do Google AdWords to drive traffic to it. I have dry, uh, I've heard you, Bobby, say that you have a guy uh, for your AdWords for around 800 a month. Does that include TTC as well? Okay, so let me answer the question to me directly. And then uh, Aaron's got some expertise in this area. So uh, no, it does not include the, the ad spend. So you... If you, if you hire someone to manage your AdWords, what you do is you pay them a monthly fee to manage the AdWords, and then you still have to pay for the ads on top of it. So, um, so with me, I spend as little as $1,200, $1,000 a month on uh, ad spend, and as much as $3,500 a month on ad spend, just depending on, on the month and the, the time of the season. So um, you guys got any thoughts on that or feedback? Michael Wolf sounds familiar. If Michael is with my web team, I think I have a Michael Wolf who's with my web team. Um, they'll run your Google ads with an additional fee. It's like two forty nine, I think, to set it all up a month. Um, I that's what I do with my Google ads is just tag it on, and they handle all of that for me. Um, if you don't know how to run Google ads, let me tell you something. Uh, do not run AdWords Express. Okay. AdWords Express is like a, a brilliant thing Google invented to give a stupidity tax to people who were not going to hire a team um, to do their set up their Google ads properly. Google AdWords Express is like just a blanket situation where you'll spend and this is where guys get a bad taste in their mouth by running AdWords Express. Um, some guys have had success with it, but it's a lot of trial and error. I recommend if you're going to do Google ads, make sure you have a designated person or team who's building it out because you can lose money on clicks from words that Google thinks you might be interested in as far as leads go. And you're completely not, but if you don't know how to work the back end of Google ads, they're just going to live there. If you don't know how to set negative keywords, you're just going to start purging money at five to $6 a click because you don't know what's going on. So hire somebody to do that who knows what they're doing. 
Um, and you'll not only save a ton of money, like you'll save at least what you're paying this person in rogue clicks that you shouldn't be uh, being charged for. You'll save all the money you're investing and you'll make, I make at least, at least usually 10 X a month on my ad spend. That's what I make. Yeah. Same here. I don't always, 10 is at the high end. So I wouldn't say I at least make 10 K or 10. No. Yeah. I'm saying like seven to 10. Yeah. I I was going to say I'm probably in that seven to 10 range, which is honestly, if you could, the, the problem with AdWords, in my opinion, is it's not an active method. It's reactive. You you can't just say, oh, I'm going to triple my spend and triple my revenue, unfortunately. because uh, But AdWords are great. And I, I just want to echo what Aaron said. Paying someone to manage it, will you will, you will spend, you will make more money paying someone to manage your AdWords for you. Unless you are going to be an expert in it. And if you are, then don't run a pressure washing company. Okay. So unless you just already know this because of whatever, you know, you're just a genius on that stuff. Pay someone to do it. 250 is a freaking steal. So I don't, I don't actually know. Uh, Aaron's never actually ran me through all of, of his offerings and everything, but um, pay someone to do it. You're going to pay less per click. You're going to pay for less bad clicks. People, people that want to buy a pressure washer at, at Home Depot are going to be clicking on your links. If you're running it yourself, uh, you'll love yourself for it. Jeremy Olson. I think he's a little mixed up, but he says, or actually Cody, did you have something to add to that? No, my, that name sounds familiar to me too, Michael Wolf, because I think he bought some stuff from me on my website. But um, but yeah, I, I'm not an expert in that crap. And I was planning on getting with Aaron or Jason or somebody at the event because I've been running it okay. But now that I've got a guy in the truck, I kind of want my truck to be autonomous. I'll just, hey, bro, do your thing. Here's the truck. I'm going to supervise him. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into myself purchasing that service from somebody else because I just don't yeah. have the time. Yeah, you need to, and and this isn't we're we're not giving you advice because we want to drive traffic to Aaron or anything like that. It's just it's it's the way it's the it's way, the way I do it. Yeah. I know it. I know it. I just haven't pushed it. So Jeremy says, "Is Ricky Bobby going to make a cameo now?" Ricky Bobby, we can't afford. <laughs> we can't <laughs> afford. Him. But his cousin, Timmy Smithy, what what's his name again? Ricky Tommy. Ricky it's Tommy. Two first names. It just has to be two first names. Just it, you know. He's got. He's I used to have this. Uh, he's named after uh, a guy I used to have down in Alabama. My dad used to race dirt track, and uh, I got to hang out with a good group of characters uh, at L.A. Raceway. And uh, there was this guy, man. He raced the late models, and he had this black car with number three on it. You know, I'm like seven years old, and his name's Danny Joe. Hmm. And I was, Danny Joe was fast. So Ricky Tommy is a mix between Danny Joe and yeah. Ricky Bobby. Danny Joe Ricky sounds Bobby. just like a really hot Southern girl. Uh, you know, did you see Danny, Danny Joe Walker, man? Yeah, he won all of it. So yeah, he probably will be there. <laughs> awesome. 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 I want to see Ricky Tommy fight Rupert Puddles. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> um, can we set that up? <laughs> I, I, I've got some connections, so I can maybe do that. All right. Uh, next one here. Um, Kyle McGuire says, AA Ron, what were your biggest hurdles year one as a one man company? Oh, this is great. We're going to talk about this in Atlanta, but uh, now I know the term of what it's called. Um, and I've been teaching on it a little bit on the channel, but gap awareness is what it's called. Um, it's basically where 
my biggest hurdle was obviously getting started, but then I had this little Wix site, right? And it wasn't performing for me, but it's hard when you're getting started to really know what is performing and how long should you let it go on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe it's just growing, right? That, that's yeah. the thought. Maybe it'll get better. Um, so understanding where I wanted to go, setting a clear direction for myself and saying, you know what, if this company makes $200,000, $250,000 a year, like with two guys, three guys, I would be super happy defining that. Um, and also the, the, the biggest hurdle for me getting started was what I talk about a lot on the channel, which is the biggest hurdle for a lot of guys is saying your price and shutting up like shut up man like if you're gonna be high ticket and you're gonna go try to get that money and figure out where that upper spectrum of money is because i don't close crazy high every time but i'm always more than everyone usually everyone else like 90 percent of people i am more expensive so i stay in that realm and that floats so my biggest hurdles were just don't talk yourself out of this business being high ticket for you. You can never say, well, you know what? I can't get those prices. Or I can't get this. Yeah. You may not be able to get what Manhattan's getting, but money spends differently in Manhattan. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, a hundred dollars where I'm from in Alabama goes a lot further than the new LA that I live in, which is Nashville. Um, drinks here $15. So, you know, in Alabama, it's, it's a lot different. Um, so just don't talk yourself out of the sales and make those leaps that you need to make when it comes to, if it's getting, you know, some flyers to put out or investing in a website, um, just do it because if you work against the 90% who won't, you'll always be going in the right direction. Just look at the landscape of people who are involved and say, okay, 90% of these people probably wouldn't invest in a website. There's your signal. 90% of these people probably wouldn't follow up with the prospect five times. I used to follow up eight to 10 times, dude. Like I'd follow up with you three weeks later on a, on a project. Normally they had got it done, but you know what? Sometimes the people just forgot and I'd close them on like the sixth call. And that's because I was just eating beans and I was hungry, right? If you got tons of leads coming in, you you may not have to do that. But I just didn't. So just be willing to go the distance. Good stuff. All right. That one was for you, Aaron. So Rob L says, hey, guys, thanks for your time. What are your thoughts on uh, washing hardy board siding? I've heard horror stories about people using a standard house wash mix on it so we don't wash it. I'm thinking this is a Cody question. That's a Cody question. So don't leave hardy board on the table, man. There's a lot of hardy board houses out there. They can be done. You just have to do them the right way. And the biggest thing to do on hardy on anything when you're washing a house is your pre walkthrough. You're doing this, you're checking for oxidation and you're identifying that on the front end because it's, it's not the hardy plank, it's the paint. So if they used a cheaper grade paint, it's been getting beat by the sun. You roll up and put that 2% on that thing. Yeah, you can have some issues. So uh, identify oxidation issues on the front. Do the swipe test. 
uh, let the homeowner know that on the front end. If you try to let them know on the back end, they, they can say, well, you caused that. Uh, also, watch out for, I like to do a test spot on Hardy. Uh, there's some paints out there. Sherwin-Williams has a notorious line of paint that is just, you can look at it hard and it'll streak. Um, so test spots are your friend. Find a place and make sure that you're not going to cause any issues. Um, if it's really hot and you've got a wall that's sitting here baking in the sun, you get there at 1030 that morning and that wall is blazing hot. It's a smart idea to put some water on it and cool the surface down a little bit uh, and then apply from the bottom up. We watch lots of hardy plant houses. Um, very rarely do I turn them down, but I have. I have some that I've said, hey, bro, you know, check this out, homeowner. You've got this, this stuff. It's oxidation, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And if, if I'm not reading that they're tracking what I'm saying, then, you know, I walk away. At the very least, I want to get that in writing uh, and say, hey, just so you know, we pre-identified these issues. But that can happen with vinyl siding, too. It can be those issues can creep up on anything, but it, it'll scare you to death if you go out there and, and you spray a hot, good hot mix on some, some hardy and you cause some, some streaks. Because what it looks like is that you bleach their house. And that's where some of the fear homeowners have of, uh, you're not going to use bleach, are you? Well, they don't know why they're saying that. They just know they've heard stories of people bleaching out of a house, and that that's that's not happening. What's happening is is you're disturbing oxidation. Typically, one of my best friends pulled up to the shop Tuesday or Wednesday. Just bought a house. He pulled up. We were in there working on a trailer. Hey, man, uh, what can I use to wash my shutters off that won't dry them out? They're vinyl shutters. Well, what are you talking about? Dry them out? You got a moisture meter checking your shutters, but he don't know. He just he's freaked out about it. So educating on the front end and, and doing your due diligence before you start the jobs. And I've got a good script with my technicians. If uh, if we end up oxidizing everything, or I know we didn't do it, but we've kind of revealed it. Um, when the customer points it out, we say, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't charge for that. And then they look at us funny and we say, oh, yeah, that's a powder coating that will protect the siding of your house for an extra 10 years. Uh, we do that no charge for all of our customers. You're welcome. And then we leave. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um uh rusty says i only believe that ben hill could do the horse-sized duck and you know what i think both of you guys would get your ass handed to you by that horse-sized duck but ben hill that dude's intense i think he could take that duck out with his bare hands um uh bates he says funny i think he was referring to uh ricky tommy tommy ricky whatever Okay, so this next one, I'm going to be honest with you. I saw this. So, Mike, um, before I respond, I want to say I'm getting a little defensive, like joking aside. And if I'm misunderstanding your question, my upfront apology, I don't think I am because I've been seeing a lot of this stuff online lately. So, so there's been a lot of, a lot of posts on, on Facebook and stuff lately that's, that complain that they – they're too big of a pussy to like say our names, but they'll say like, say like, you know, these YouTube guys and they're this and they're that and saturating the market and making me, you know, lose money and blah, blah, blah. And my thing is, why, why, why you little bitch? You know, I'm not worried about what other people are doing. I'm going to do my thing. If my market gets saturated and there's no money to be made, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to sit here and bitch about it and cry. I'm going to go do something different and I'm going to take care of myself and my family and my future and my goals and all that stuff. Okay. Now 
Mike, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm assuming that's kind of where you're going with this question. I really am sorry if not, I, I could be jumping the gun, but the question is, are we hoping to encourage more people and more guys to join the industry? If so, why? If not, what are we hoping to accomplish here? So, um, so I'm just gonna, th th these are my answers. This, you know, I'm not speaking for Aaron. I'm not speaking for Cody. Um, I'm not trying to get more people to join the industry, but if I were, my answer to why would be because I fucking want to. It's my prerogative. I'm going to do it if I wanted to. Um, if not, what are you hoping to accomplish here? Well, Mike, some of us like to pay it forward and help people out. And we spend a lot of time on YouTube channels, giving tons of free, valuable content to people. Um, one of the reasons I want to do it is I've had other people do it for me. And it's helped me change my life and it's changed my whole family and not just like changing my family's lives in the sense that they're going to make more money because of me. But like my wife caught the bug and she's chasing her dream and captaining her ship and she quit her job and started a business. And my youngest son likes to go out and just knock on doors to earn extra money mowing lawns and stuff like that. It's changed my life. And um, I'm not sorry for sharing this information. Now, the truth is, I'm not getting people to join the industry because no one that doesn't think about joining pressure washing is hearing about my channel or any of these guys channel. We're not that big of a thing. So I think you're giving us a little too much credit, but um, if Mike, and if you're not, this doesn't apply, but if you're like suggesting that we're hurting things because we're getting people in here, my suggestion is get out of the no bitch zone. You don't belong here. All right. Grow a set, do your own thing and, and be the captain of your own ship. So, Anyone else? Yeah, I'd like to, while I'm thinking about your, let me woosah for a minute, because this, <laughs> this one right now. So my dad had that mindset when I launched my business and I started uh, the YouTube channel. He's like, dude, you're letting everybody else know how to do roofs. And, you know, for years, for, for a decade and a half, we were the only game in driving range. We never heard of anybody else cleaning roofs nowhere around us. And he's like, man, you know, you're going to put yourself out of business. Listen, Google exists. Mm -hmm. Everybody has the Googles. Even Aaron in Nashville with his crappy internet, they have Google up there. So these the dudes that are, they're, if they're watching this, if they're going to take an event in Atlanta, if they're going to watch my channel or your channel or anybody else's, they're already in that mindset where they're going to either pull the trigger or not, and watching a YouTube video is not going to sway them one way or the other. So I might as well be the guy that they come to for training, and guess what? put money in my pocket. I might as well be the guy that builds their equipment and guess what? Put money in my pocket. Yeah. I might as well be one of a few resources because guess what? It's putting money in my pocket. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Delete pressure washing out of your brain. Do dudes in the lawn care industry sit back and get mad at lawn care channels? I can't believe they're going to let all these dudes in the industry saturate these more. Listen, man, it's just, it is what it is, homie. Every, every day people retire, people get new jobs, people quit. New people enter any industry, okay? We're not in this this uh, Pandora's box here that we're just, this industry is not that unique, okay? It's a low threshold of entry thing. Yep. There's dudes that want to get in it. There's always going to be a need for equipment and training, and there's going to be a bunch of them that don't make it. There may be one or two uh, that do make it in your area, and now you know what they are? They're competition. Deal with it. That, that's, that's, yeah. that's capitalism, dude. If you don't like it, you can go to another country. I mean, that's just the way this country operates. Canada's taking applications. So, and, and just to add to that, and Aaron, I'm, I don't know if you want to speak, but just to, just to add to that, 
you know, it's just like, and again, I, I do want to be clear, Mike, I've said your name, I'm reading into your question. If that's not what you meant, if you make a post, I'll publicly apologize. But if that's what you meant, you know, I stand by my, my feelings here. I'm just not positive, Mike, if that's where you are. But, um, but, but the fact is guys, you know, the people that have that attitude, you got to get over yourself. You're a pressure washer. We're spraying water on shit, you know? And, um, there's a reason I'm in this industry and it had a low barrier to entry. It's, you know, we're not doing crazy, awesome, you know, we're not Elon Musk building tunnels under LA and, and sending rockets into outer space. So, all right, Aaron, do you have anything you want to say? You want to add any negativity to or hostility to this uh, podcast? <laughs> uh, y'all, y'all help me out with that. Uh, the, the redneck and the uh, Cody had that Alabama he brought out into it. And I, I appreciate that. No, I think the, uh, the scarcity mindset is the most toxic mindset that you can have. Um, I think it's very prevalent in our world, but you also got to consider you know, there's a lot of Craigslist cowboys who get out of it every year, right? Mm-hmm. There's people selling their equipment as we speak. There's people buying equipment as we speak. Um, so if you have that mentality that there is a saturated market, usually those guys really struggle to close. They can't close high ticket. They're always, they always use the word remain competitive, they're always like middle of the road type of guys. And to me, I hope everyone starts a pressure washing business in my city because I'll be the highest ticket one of them all. Yeah. And I'll set, I'll literally only clean 5,000 square foot and above. And I'll only charge $2,000 and above to clean houses. So it doesn't matter how many people are involved. There's always going to be a group of people who are just like not professional. And then there's going to be a top tier group of probably if you're lucky in my city, it's like five companies who are at that top tier. And I drew a bead on the top guy who came up every time I Googled something and I said, I'm coming for you. Mm -hmm. And whether it's professionalism, the way you look, the way you handle yourself, the, the guarantees you give, whatever it is, you can always, bump your tickets to where you sit in a more prestigious realm to where you're not, you're not over here bottom feeding. So I just think there's not really depression, depression or recession isn't really real in any sense. There's always money. Money doesn't go away. It just changes hands. (laughs) It's, it's somewhere on the planet. It doesn't go away. You may just uh, need to get some more skills. Yeah. And my, my last thought, and then we'll get off the topic there could be enough low price guys that come into my market that could put me out of business. It there are. Yeah. Well, it's but I'm just Florida, saying like dude. something like could Florida happen. has so many pressure washers, man. You know well, what I mean? Like anybody could use that. I think if anyone can area. speak on this, I'm qualified, right? <laughs> You're you know, definitely the guy, right? But, but my point is this is if that's the case, that's on me. That's my mm-hmm. fault. You know, and if the $99 guy hurts your business or puts you out, that's just because you're an overpriced $99 guy because you don't have any value to that customer other than the price. So if that's your fault, that's my fault. And it could happen to me. I'm not going to fail in life. I could fail at this business and uh, that's that. So, all right, let's get back to some positiveness. Um, James, I like this guy. He's a young guy. He's out there trying to 
also make it happen. He says, what's the best way to make a wooden skid for a truck and look professional? So the dude's got a budget. I think he's a college student. He's trying to do this on the side. You guys got any tips for that other than make it look good? Because I don't, I don't really know. Cody? Black paint. That's probably I mean, really good advice. There's yeah. not much you can do without it looking DIY because it is DIY. But, you know, if that's where you're starting, dude, paint it black and let it ride. And then as soon as you can, you know, start looking to make it look a little better. Just uh, it's, that's going to take some creativity just mm -hmm. to try to make it not look like a pallet sitting on the back of your truck. But, hey, you make money with that thing. Yep. You, you make a lot of money with it. And so, James, I, I think I've seen you ask this question before. Um I would say this, I would say, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Make, I mean, yes, make your stuff look as professional as you can, but, um, that, that will not make or break you. You, some people won't use you because of your, that's fine, but it's not going to make or break you, your hustle and your strategy that'll make or break you the, the wooden skid. It won't build it, be proud of it. And here's why you need to be proud. There's a lot of jackasses sitting on their, their ass playing video games and complaining that you just can't get ahead and the man's keeping you down. And you're putting together a wooden skid on a budget in a city of 30,000 people because you want to change your life. So you, I'm pretty confident you're going to make it just fine. Just be ready for the failure. It's coming. Fell through it. Fell forward. You'll be good. Bates and son says, all right, guys, let's, we're going to try to limit our answers. So I, I would say, uh, all three of us, let's stop doing a, a response, all three. All right. So uh, Bates and Sons, hiring anymore or hiring anymore is my worst nightmare. Thoughts on this? I'll share just because I'm in the middle of hiring right now. Okay. Um, hiring's really, really hard, like hiring good people. I think I've done a really good job at it as my company is pretty small, including me. We have six people right now. I'm down a guy. I should have seven. We lost a guy recently. Um, but I got six people. I've only had to fire one person and uh, the one guy had to leave, move out of state. And the other one, he was, it was just his time to leave. He was ready to leave the company and start his own business. But um, we've done pretty good on it. Uh, the key to hiring is a key to hiring. It's not the key, but a key is you do want to be picky. That is going to slow down your, your productivity because the pickier you are, the less applicants you have, the less applicants you have, the less people you get to choose from and, and so on and so forth. But you know, you want to find the right people and you want to constantly be recruiting. And that's a mistake I've made time and time again, where it's like, I'll stop recruiting because I don't, I don't need anyone right now. And then when it's ready for me to hire someone, it's biting me in the ass because I don't have the hopper full. So I would say, accept the fact that it's difficult, but people out there are getting good employees and it's not just people. It's not just big corporations. There's service companies and we can look everywhere that have good employees. I'm one of them. I have really good employees and I'm not paying these guys a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, they're making good money, but it's because I'm, because I've focused on the sales and marketing. So I've got plenty of work coming in. They make a commission on the stuff. So there's, there, there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle, but um, the biggest one is define what you're looking for hire, you know, work really hard on it, put some systems in place that can help you cut out some of the weeding people out. Um, I can help with that. Uh, probably don't have enough time on this uh, podcast right now. So maybe you can reach out to me on Facebook or hit me up on a next time I'm doing a, a YouTube live video and I'll help you out. So I would just say, you know, it's like, um, I'm not dogging on you, but it's like, oh, so chasing your dreams is hard, huh? 
<laughs> you know, some of this stuff is just difficult. So uh, Jeremy Olson, and even if you don't have eight grand starting Goya and get started, get off your ass. All right, yep. Uh, James, would personalizing flyer headlines for each neighborhood increase ROI? Okay, I'm, I'll answer that one. Uh, yes, it would rec increase your, um, it would increase your effort in that area, but it's also gonna increase your um, uh, flyer costs because you can't buy in bulk, you know, because your neighborhoods aren't real big. So um, it, yes, it would work, but personalized marketing absolutely is better. It, but when it's flyers that you're hand delivering, it's going to be difficult to order the right amounts for each neighborhood. So I'm not saying no, it wouldn't work. I'm going to say you add a little bit of logistic difficulty in there. So, um, Connor says, are you, uh, Aaron, you got to shave that stash, bro. You aren't ever going to get a school to let you come anywhere near with that thing hanging. <laughs> I'm about to buy me some gold frame sunglasses. Just cap it off, baby. Casey Miller says, thanks guys for the video. Is HomeAdvisor a good resource? Oh my gosh, what a polarizing <laughs> question. Anybody want to take it? I got my thoughts, but I'm talking a lot. I've they never, keep calling me. I've never used them. I've never, I haven't either, so I can't speak to them on a personal level, but I've never seen a good thing about them. And they call me all the time and they have successfully pissed me off just from calling me all the time. So yeah. that's a red flag there. They are assholes. Uh, so I'll give you my experience. I did a thing with Home Advisor um, last year. I, uh, they, have, they had a special program. I spent, I forget the amount. It was either like 4,000 or 5,000. I, I forget how much it was. I spent a lump sum of money and I got, you know, so I prepaid for leads and got extra leads than I would have if I just paid them like normal. And I got, I got a good enough return, but not good enough for me to keep doing it right then. And my good enough return was I got a two to one. Now, when I say that's good enough, that's not good enough for me to pay the bills like this month, but like gaining customers. And then I get repeat business later in the year or next year when they come back, that's why that was a good enough return for me. But I have other low hanging fruit right, right now that I'm getting. Um, Home advisor, they, they're a little, use car sales money, but I personally know three different uh, pressure washing companies that uh, soft wash companies that have used home advisor and they all do or did one guy sold his um, over a million dollars. One of them was doing almost $4 million a year. He's like three and a half million. So uh, it works. I think the biggest thing with things like home advisor, and there's always going to be some variance wherever you're at in the country. Now this is what I think. Okay. Not what I know. I think the biggest thing with things like that, and I'm basing this on the fact that I do observe people that have success with it is that um, you've got to figure out how to make it work because I just can't accept the fact that if that dude is over there making it work, that I can't make it work. So I've got to say I failed at it this time around. I think it can work. Um, Connor says home advisor is a scam. It might be, but it can make you a lot of money. Um, I know guys that are, that are doing well with it. Uh, Casey says, what about Thumbtack? Casey, I used Thumbtack at the beginning uh, when I started my business specifically for window cleaning. I didn't have pressure washing at the time and did okay with it. I stopped doing it after um, two or three months because flyers, I was getting a lot better uh, results. You guys have anything to add about Thumbtack? Mm -mm, never. I've never used them either. I used, used them briefly for window cleaning early, early on, man. I think they were the first thing I went with. Uh, I think... Here's how I look at all of these little lead services, okay? 
And I'll throw Nextdoor kind of, it's not a lead service, but it can kind of be its own environment. Every city, every town, depending on where you are in the country, has different types of people who resonate with a different lead service. It's very interesting like this. In my city, next door is where you want to be. Some places, nobody even knows that that exists. Mm. Everyone's on it where I'm at. Um, so Angie's List could be one for, you know, Branson, Missouri, right? Everyone could use that. It's You just kind of, if you're going to go that direction, there is one that's hitting so wherever you are and um, it could be good for you. I always like to try to stay with the free or Google because it has high intent. Um, Google's always very high intent to buy. Someone searches directly for that service. Yeah. They're not, when they come to a home advisor or an Angie's list, they're kind of tire kicking anyway. They get like five different guys who are going to fight over them. So you're kind of opting in in a way to, to get judged on your price. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think uh, it, we won't get into the bullet and cannonball philosophy here too deep, but basically sometimes you just got to try stuff out. And in marketing, it's worth, you should take some risks. I took some risks this year and, and they bit me, but it was paid training and I had other risks, risks that have paid off. So don't be afraid to try something. If you try it, you can quit it. So as long as you're not doing something that has a big contract. Um, so there's just some more, um, commentary on home advisor and stuff like that. Uh, Connor says doing your own SEO is key. Aaron sells great courses on it. Uh, Casey says, I didn't know that. Let's see here. Okay. Uh, Southern grower. So guys, each of us gets 15 seconds to answer this question. Okay. Cause there's probably a hundred different ones. What's the best marketing for just getting started in the business? Just m- make an assumption on where this person's at 15 or less seconds. Cody, go. Just getting started. Um, I would just put a, I'd put a bunch of effort into Facebook because it's free. You can, you can literally just jam Facebook up for free and you can do paid ads on there as well. So don't, don't scratch out Facebook. You, you can waste money on there, but you can get a lot of return. Aaron? Uh, church. <laughs> like you're just getting started, right? Uh, Facebook, church, stuff like this free pockets. Next door was free for us. They've kind of taken that away now. They make you pay for certain shit. But when I got started, it was free. Yeah, hit the free things and then hone your skills with like some door-to-door stuff, man. Like really build your courage. It, you may not get a lot of success out of it, but build your courage closing in front of people it's can go a long way cool guys just remember i did put the link back in the uh, chat again uh click on that link you can get your watchathon tickets in january is when you're going to save the biggest money the fact is uh when january is over a single ticket is 949 in january you can get two tickets for 999 so you and a friend you and a partner you and an employee 999 in january for two one in january 799 click on the link okay next question can you all talk about mixed ratios a little like what okay i think what he's asking cody is he hears people say a five percent mix a three percent mix a one percent that confused me early on too i didn't know what that meant so explain what those mixed ratios mean okay so one thing to keep in mind when we're talking about mixed ratios is our bleach is not 
100% bleach to start with. So let's assume you're going to buy 12.5% bleach, which is the industry standard, and you're doing everything off of that. Well, your barrel is 100% volume, but the strength of that barrel is 12.5%. So you can't do your math on, on gallons. You've got to do your math on the strength of the bleach. So that'll screw some guys up. Uh, so let's say we have a 100-gallon tank, and we've got a barrel of of 12.5% bleach, which is 50 gallons. We dump that into our 100 gallon tank and we dump 50 gallons of water. What did we just create? We created 100 gallons of 6.25%. So that's super hot, right? That's basically pure Walmart, great value brand bleach off the shelf is 6% and Walmart rotates so fast, it's usually about right. So it's, it's a high selling thing in those stores. So if you do that, you've got straight Walmart brand bleach that you're in your big tank. On the opposite end of six, you know, there's not really much we spray it's stronger than six. I don't spray anything stronger than 6%. Like the only thing that I'll spray on a six is like a moss infested roof. Uh, everything is usually shy of that. So 1% is where we want to try to wash houses at. So that is a 1% strength mix coming out at the wand or at the gun. So if we take our setup and we're blending and we set our valves to achieve that strength and we stick our wand in a five gallon bucket and we spray it till the bucket is filled, then that five gallon bucket should be 1% of that volume in that bucket would be sodium hypochlorite. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think if, if just to dumb it down a hair, if you got a, if you got 12 and a half percent bleach or let's call it 12% bleach just to make the, the math easy. If you got 12% bleach and you mix and you put, you know, a gallon of 12% bleach in a bucket and a gallon of water in a bucket, you've now diluted it to 6% bleach. Correct. So, and I've got a really good video on my channel. Uh, whoever it was that asked that, if you go to my channel and go down, you'll see a, a video where I've got a whiteboard behind me and I explain that. And it's, it makes more sense looking at it drawn out. It's, it's really yeah. simple, but it's kind of hard to explain without drawing it or looking at it. So. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, Cody, this is going to be a question for you because I know like anything I'm doing, the answer would be no. Um, but I, I'm not sure about you and I don't know. I think Aaron's in the same boat as me, but I'm not sure. Does the Atlanta event provide a certificate or patch I can put on my business shirt? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to make a patch for your shirt. We're going to give you a certificate for the event, which will be paper that you can keep. Um, but no, it's not going to have anything you can put on your shirt. Sorry. Cool. All right. Um, grace under pressure. <laughs> I'm going to read it just cause it's funny. Uh, uh, he says it's the pressure washing Trinity right here. So oh, that's awesome. Dirty house thug indigo home services says lean and mean here. I did the big company thing. Wait, I did. Oh, I did the big company thing. It's just more headache for the same net profit, uh, or less unless you break the six truck, 12 employee barrier. Quality control is a huge problem as well. He also says Aaron got his hat at tractor supply and forgot to take the tag off. So Aaron, there you go. Uh, Ricky, Ricky says, what are some ways y'all secure a big ticket job when doing an on-site estimate? Let's assume he's talking about residential. I don't know. Um, let's just say that Aaron. What was the question on-site estimate? What is a, what are some ways you can secure a big ticket job when doing an on-site estimate? Uh, well, the first thing is having the right customer. That's like the right market, the right avatar. Basically, if you're, you're not going to get blood from a turnip. Okay. 
So don't think you're going to go in, you know, the trailer park where I grew up and get a thousand dollar house wash. Now you may, you may get one, you may close one trailer house wash for a thousand dollars your whole career. I'm not saying that you can't close it. If you're good at sales, you can, you will, but you're just going to close less. So you need to find an area of town that's either, you know, gated or, you know, people got money, people got disposable income, people have nice houses, people have stuff. And then you just have to remove the barrier of pricing from your own pocket. That's it. Like if you didn't grow up with a whole lot, who cares, man, these people got it and they want, they're almost, I've had people who were offended that someone was going to charge them $1,200. I was like 1800 <laughs> and they were like, are you serious? They were, they were appalled that this person was only going to charge them 1200 to clean their house. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, here I am. <laughs> I, I, I aim to please. Uh, so I aim to please. So you just have to find the right customers. Um, and the rest of it after that is positioning and, and the sales skills on the yeah. phone and getting in front of them. Yeah. And when Aaron says you got to find the right customers, that's a really like, there's a lot to unpack there that comes down to knowing you're doing your market research, uh, doing the correct marketing to the correct areas, uh, getting that right customer. Then you've got to, you know, uh, know your product, know your, uh, USP. You've got to build the packages, uh, have a good sales presentation. And a big one Aaron said is shut up when you give the price. I mean, there's a lot to that question, but that's good stuff. Aaron, uh, David Smith says clip flyers, best size of clips. And, Temple, I think you meant template. Um, so David, uh, I'll answer that because I'm doing clip flyers. I don't know if the other guys are. Um, I use what they call rack cards. I don't know what the, it's a rack card. So I couldn't tell you what the um, dimensions are of that. Um, clips, I think I'm using medium sized. If I remember, like I went to bulkofficesupply.com and bought like, I think we bought 18,000 clips at um, medium size. As far as a template, I don't have anything to give you for that. Um, I don't share my marketing material anymore. I used to a little bit, but it's like, there's so many people that watch my stuff that's in my market. I don't mind telling you tactics and strategies, but I'm not going to give you my, uh, my marketing stuff. And if you're like, Hey, I'm not in your area, send it to me, direct message. No, nah, I'm not. So sorry, but, uh, you can go, uh, you know, reach out to uh, team wash life, reach out to I L Y creative, go to, um, prolific prints. All those guys uh, do a really, really good job on designing that kind of stuff. Uh, R-C-O-T-T, Arcot. He says, great job, guys. Follow all of you. My story is closer to Cody's. Hold on, hold on. I, my thing just jumped. Um, oh, son of a gun. My screen jumped on me. Um, so pardon the, the, the pause here. Guys. Okay, here we go. Uh, his story is closer to Cody's, but he thinks Bobby is the coolest. So, hey, thank you. I appreciate that. He didn't say uh, that. No, he didn't say that. He said he was <laughs> um, Steven Rogers. So, lightning rounds. I built my own proportioner. How fast do these end up breaking from the bleach? Should I build a second backup? Curious. If you've got two, you've got one. If you've got one, you've got none. Cody, anything to add to that? No, just keep spare parts on hand. I would. I don't know that I build a whole nother proportioner unless you got the money. It depends on what components you used for the thing. So your check valves, they're going to go out on you eventually. Uh, keep one or two of those in the truck. Your valves, if you use the GF valves, are going to last longer. 
the little Pentair valves that we use. They're pretty good. They'll last a long time. They're made for holding up to SH. What we found is not so much that the thing just breaks down. It's that you just get the normal, normal leaks. So the best thing you can do is just keep a spare valve, keep a spare check valve on your truck, and keep a can of uh, sealant so that, you know, the Nemesis in a soft wash system is an air leak. That'll kill your day. So be able to troubleshoot and fix it. You probably don't need a whole other proportioner sitting around. But if you'd like to purchase one, you can go to southeastsoftwash.com. No, I'm just kidding. Click on purchase. Oh, yeah. All right, awesome. Cody, another question for you. What size of hose is best for soft wash? Depends on how how big your pump is. So we run 200-foot uh, Curitech half-inch hose on a five-and-a-half-gallon-a-minute machine is about right. I like pulling around half-inch. It's easier. Uh, if you're going to go up to a seven-gallon-a-minute pump, then you're going to need to have a little bit bigger, uh, like a five-eighths hose. So just depends on how, how big the pump is. Now, they'll flow it distance-wise, so you can go up to 250-foot length of hose, but we just use 200 because it fits nicely on the Titan reel. Uh, so pump size will dictate that. Cool. All right. Um, oh, yes, one-hour radius. All right. Someone says they started in 2018, still tr struggle to get jobs. Trailer set up with two pressure washers. It's got a couple of fours, electric start, 175 gallon, two hose reels, 200 feet, hose, two wires, 600 PSI, any strategy for new business? Lewis or Luis, um, I'm going to give you, there's a little bit of smart ass in this, but like with love, okay? I would say know your marketing numbers as well as you know your equipment numbers and you'll start getting new business. Um, the, um, you know especially if you're doing residential, it's like, you know, 175 gallon tanks. Great. It's not doing you any good, you know, <laughs> take up a lot of space, but uh, you know, the, the fact is you've got to focus, focus on marketing, focus on marketing and um, you, you've got everything else take, taken up. Stop working on the, the trailer on days that you don't have work and pass out flyers or knock on doors or go to the church. Like Aaron said, or um, you know, it, do the Facebook stuff, but do that when it's dark at night, mm -hmm. okay? Do the door knocking, all the shit on the computer, do that at night when it's dark and do boots on the ground during the day. That'll get you business. Aaron, do you have something to say? That's pretty much it, man. You're just getting started. So I would start, you know, I recommend guys early on starting off with a, a really, a really good web team. Don't go through the process that I went through, which is, you know, my Wix site, trying to figure out how to SEO that. And, uh, that's, that's my protocol. My protocol is to own the SEO game in your area. So, um, that's what I would say along with doing those free things that we talked about. Nice. All right. Um, Oh, Hey, look, someone put a link in there about, uh, washathon 2020, get your tickets in January, save money. Uh, building wash says, what's up? What's up? Building wash. Jeremy says any video video of your band out there, Aaron, or it didn't happen. Seriously, he wants to check it out. Send him a link. <laughs> I don't have the link. Uh, Aaron Parker, check him out. Uh, Just Aaron, Devo. Aaron Sexy Parker. Um, S3 Pro says, Cody, since you're the big dog in town, what kind of marketing do you do in Podunk, Alabama? Or is it all <laughs> word of mouth? We do a lot of Facebook. Um, people in my town would have no idea who next door is, Thumbtack. We barely have internet here. Uh, it's It's really small. I mean, it's Mayberry. So, uh, we do a lot of Facebook because they all have Facebook. We do a lot of word of mouth and we, we do some flyers. We do a lot of flyers and stuff like that. So 
it keeps us busy. We're maxed out 200, 200 K in one truck in my town, my, my, um, County. We do have a lake that's about 15 minutes North from where, where I live. That's a pretty big lake. And we got, a, we have a lot of Atlanta rich folks that retire over here to this lake life. Now there's a good market. So we do some print media ads up there and some of those little lake life flyers and things like that. I also spend a little bit on a, there's a local weather guy here who has a huge, he actually used to own my house. He has a uh, Dr. Don's weather page. And because we're so rural, we don't get good weather coverage. So I spend a hundred bucks a month with him. And he mentions me every day on his daily forecast and severe weather stuff. It's cheap. You know, I don't even miss a hundred bucks a month. And uh, I've gotten a lot of jobs off of just something simple like that. Good stuff. Um, Cody, I'm going to throw this one at can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm gonna throw this one at you again. Uh, how do you let the customer know about oxidation? Do you just say it? Do you write it in a release form? What? We've got it in a disclaimer that we give to the customer. Um, I identify it, you know, do the swipe test on the front end of the job. It's, it's important that you see that before you get started. I close a lot of jobs over the phone because I just don't have the time to drive 30 miles, you know, we're out in the country. I'm not driving up here to look at Mama's house, but I'll close the job over the phone. If I get there on site, nobody's home. I'll shoot a, a couple of pics and text, you know, whoever I'm doing the deal with and say, Hey, just FYI. Most people know what it is. They just don't know what to call it and say, you know, just so you know, this is what you're dealing with. Uh, I used to have a quick video link that I would send to the homeowner, um, pre job. So I, if it was a house, a house wash, I would, once I kind of closed the deal, send them a link of like a three minute video that I needed them to watch. It was what we needed from them, what they could expect from us. And it covered that stuff. And it, uh, I had one specific for roof cleaning as well. So just make sure you pointed it out on the front end. Good stuff. Um, Steven says, starting this week, as soon as my door hangers come in, what's a good goal for how many to get out in a week? Steven, this is not a smart ass answer. The answer to that question is as many as you can as many as you can. Um, the fact is, uh, unless you're, I know I'm 42, well, I'm not quite, I'm 41 years old. I'm an old man, blah, 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 blah. But, but the fact is I, I had my son handing these things out with me. Uh, once you get to four hours a day, it's, you, you, you're probably going to reach your, your, your point. Now, if you're starving, do it 16 hours a day. But what I'm getting at is, uh, if I said to you, Hey, let's go on a four hour walk. You'd look at me like I'm crazy, right? Well, that's what you're doing. And it's a brisk walk. So I would say if you can plan on, unless you're starving, do it more. But if you did uh, four hours a day, um, kick ass at it, you're probably doing really good, but as many as you can get out, uh, dirty house thug. He says, if you're good at what you do, you don't need to worry about a saturated market. Boom. Uh, he also says Aaron's internet still tells him he's got mail. <laughs> <laughs> okay until lambs become lions that's an interesting name he says uh it's out of fun for them but another revenue stream oh okay uh he's talking about when i was bitching there for a while uh it's another business that benefits them and uh financially as well as if they wanted to just do it for free they could uh post it on all website there you go boom it's good that we want to or youtube for free we don't know anything so this setup is a win-win I like it. Thank you. Uh, Southern grower. Hmm, nice. Is it legal there where you're at? Um, he says, nice hat. Uh, James La Rosa. 
yeah, college student who got started last summer, getting ready to take over my area. Already the number three pressure washing company out of 20 plus on Google Maps. See, James, I told you, I'm not worried about you making it. Don't worry about the wooden skid. It's not a big deal. Paint it black, go make some money, and then uh, have Cody build you one. Dirty House Thug says, dress, uh, dress well, then worry about dressing up the rest. ATL1024 says, what's up, Wash Warriors? What up, ATL? Um, he says, uh, is this the proper time to ask a Washathon question? Every time is a proper time to ask a Washathon question. Uh, Bates says, thanks for the advice. Atomic Pressure says, afternoon, guys. Can't wait till next month to see you guys in person and shake all your hands. Uh, actually, I'm a germaphobe, so I don't shake hands. I do hug. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know why I do it that way. Um, thank you for all of your help and wanting to share information that's important to some of us. Appreciate it. Uh, Josh Looper. I'm not pre-reading these things, so I'm just kind of reading them as we go. Uh, he says, be straight up with them. No BS and treat them the way you want to be treated. Uh, ATL says, fuck Home Advisor. Yeah, but how do you feel about it? Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> Uh, Rusty says Ray Burke has a great line that hits home. Our market is like an uh, infinite pie. There are more homes than we can wash. All right. So we got a uh, search for blast pressure washing, uh, blah, blah, blah. Mike Fox. How about having a marketing company do it for you? Facebook ads, Google ads. I have a marketing company do it for me. I know Aaron's completely against companies running ads and mark, uh, websites and stuff. He's, he's like, absolutely i'm kidding aaron does that that's one of the things aaron does for a living so yes we absolutely all agree that that's a great thing to do um someone put another link in there for washathon click the link get your hey, hey bobby yo uh, mike fox he bought the second skid we ever built and he texted me while we were uh, shooting this and i said hey bro i'm in this uh, video so he now he jumped on here but he texted me and uh that dude made over a hundred grand in a short season in Wisconsin nice. with this little wash kid. So for year number one? Year number one. Bro, that's awesome. That's 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 huge. So good good on you. Uh let's see, we're gonna keep going. Does home advisor thumbtack uh add to a citation for Google? I, I don't know. Probably it probably hurts down Google. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um how do door hangers? No, it doesn't. Work? It It'll really add a citation, but it's not going to add much to your SEO at all. Okay. Joe, uh, can I, can he, can I, can I, he says, how do hangers work? Um, this sounds like a smart ass answer. I'm just being matter of fact, they're just a piece of paper with a hole in them and you hang them on the uh, homeowner's door. So and then you go to the next one. Does anyone have a customer release document sample they use? I actually don't. Uh, I don't use anything like that right now. So, nope. All right. Um, door hangers, water mouth is king. Aaron has his shitty grin. I love it. 8% to wash stacked stone and rinse with low pressure. Bobby, you have uh, retargeted those home advisor leads that you didn't close. Of course, I have, Rusty. Dude, you know me. Get out of dude, here. You know me, dude. Come on. Um, until lambs become lions, what is the name of your channel? So we've got Southeast Soft Wash for Cody. We got Aaron's Mean and Lean and Mean Academy. And you got Journey of a New Entrepreneur. Mike Fox, customer service, sending out thank you cards, birthday cards, and holiday cards. Have you ever used Square to collect payment? Um, I have used uh, uh, Square to collect payment. So, um, but not for this particular company, but you could, it's just fine. We use PayPal. We've got a PayPal reader in the truck. 
yeah, I forget. I use Jobber is my CRM and they have, um, it's either Square or Stripe that they integrate on the back end. So I use one of those. I just don't remember which one. It is important to save money where you can save it, but you know, I'm doing half a million dollars and I don't pay. I I did this past year and I didn't spend that much on credit card processing. You know what I mean? Like that's just an area that I'm not yet ready to be too concerned with how much I'm spending on it. Um, Raymond says, LOL. I don't know what you're laughing about Raymond, but I like you. Um, we got a couple of thanks. Aaron says he's about to fall out. Our ATL says Aaron's about to fall out of his chair laughing. Uh, can we talk about contracts for washing hotels and how you'd go about selling? So let me say this. We're going to run through a few more questions. We're towards the end. Um, my wife just put a note on my desk and said, date night starts at 4.30 and it's 4.10 right now. So I've got like five to 10 minutes and I'm out of here. Okay. Um, so let's see if there's some low hanging fruit. Uh, Mike says Southeast soft wash equipment is the bomb. Um, Yanis says, what's the maximum length of hose I can use on a five and a half gallon per minute and still draw soap. I've heard it won't pull if the hoses are too long. Cody. He's talking about pulling with a pressure washer and I don't know because I don't do that. We soft wash only. So come to Atlanta and ask Jason Guyman. I don't know. (laughs) Here's the thing. I know for a fact you can do it with 400 feet because we've done it. Um, It's not, it wasn't like, it's probably not best practice, but um, it's that we actually never even carry uh, downstream injectors, but for this one, we don't even use them. We did on this one job. It was a hotel and water on the side and we had to get all the way around and, we just had to run 400 feet of hose and it worked. So, uh, and it was a uh, five and a half gallon machine. So it'll work. Don't know if it's the best practice, but there you go. Um, Mike Fox, what cannot get jobs, get out and hustle. Yep. There you go. Raymond says, man, I feel like you guys could sing one hell of a Tennessee river cover right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. One of us could maybe two, definitely not the third. I can promise you that. Um, post treating concrete services, pros, cons, lasting benefits. I'll give you, I'll just answer that real quick. Pros, um, it helps you get rid of the lines that stay behind because the organic matter that holds on a little tighter. Another pro is it kills all the organic matter that's on there. So it's going to stay clean longer. Guys, are there any cons that you know of? There can be. If you post treat and you get it on some grass, um, there can be some issues if they got really nice lawn. So just make sure. Uh, I wouldn't want to post treat and then have some kids run out, you know, in the next five minutes barefoot. So just you, you kind of keep your eyes on that kind of stuff. But yeah, we, we post treat almost all of our jobs. Yep. And I, we do on every job. So, um, Cody Seba Brown says any intentions to have a tax or corporate structure professional at Washington? No, we're, we're pretty much set on the lineup that's going to be there. Uh, that may be something we look at if we wind up doing this again, but yeah. Siba, go look at my, check out my buddy. Um, he's on Facebook. Um, um, Dan Plata. Uh, he's, he's pretty badass. He's my bookkeeper. And uh, you can also go to blue skies services.com and uh, check him out there. Uh, he can, he can help you out with some stuff. All right. We're getting towards the bottom. Let's see here. Do you feel about, uh, how do you feel about pressure washing journeymen, pressure washing journeymen? Any advice? I cover the lower 10 states. for uh, I'm not sure what that means. Pressure washing journeyman, like traveling around to clean. Uh, I don't, I have no opinions, good or bad on it. Anyone? I don't know what, I don't know what he's getting at there. Okay. Know. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean Michael, have any of you expected a water ban and what was the outcome? I have not. 
um, my buddy in uh, Lakeland has, and but they allowed pressure washing companies to still use water. So I don't know any any insight, guys. We had that in my town about seven or eight years ago, but they make exemptions usually for businesses that that's how they like car washes and stuff like that. That that's how they make their money. So typically, there should be an exemption for you. Okay. Um, so James LaRosa, we can all answer this one real quick. How far will you drive for quotes? I'll drive an hour for a quote. I don't have a big choice if I want to go any distance at all because I'm in a city. Um, driving an hour might only be 15 miles sometimes. But uh, usually if it's like a house less than 2,500 square feet, I won't. Uh, if it's getting close to that 3,000 range, then we'll go wherever. So guys, thoughts? How far do you drive for quotes? Uh, I... <sighs> Maybe 30 minutes, but 30 minutes for me is 30 miles. So, yeah, I, I don't like to go out unless it's a, a bigger job that I can feel there's some money there. Yeah, for me, it's it's about, I don't know, 30, maybe 45. If it's like, you know, there's a it's an estate and I feel me being present and in person is going to close a, you know, $3,000, $4,000 deal, you know. Otherwise, I'm trying to, I'm gonna try to close small vinyl house five minutes away over the phone. I'm going to try to just get it on the books. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on the customer. Austin says, have you ever gotten negative feedback from leaving door hangers, especially in HOA neighborhoods that don't care for un unwanted solicitation? Yes, I have. And I don't give a shit. Um, I, we, we follow the laws. Um, people don't understand what solicitation is and what distribution of handbills are and what is and is not protected by the law and protected by the, constitution and the supreme court's ruled on it so the fact is you just get douchebags the way i look at it uh i've i counted it up one time and i was like i remember when i was handing out flyers i probably had like 15 people like yell at me and i did the math and i'm like hey every person that yelled at me i made like 50 grand it was awesome so <laughs> any, any thoughts guys i usually right. just take dusty with me and if they say something he just looks at them like like that and they just go <laughs> Yeah. We used to do bandit signs and we would staple them way high up on telephone poles and, uh, and, uh, and we would get calls for stuff like that. People would be, I'd have like attorneys calling me, telling me they were going to sue me and stuff like that. But it was all to like a Google, a hidden Google voice number yeah. that no one could track. So the key there is they can't find you if they can't find you yeah <laughs> yeah i so you definitely want to follow the laws on that stuff so you don't get yourself in trouble but uh, the fact is people are douchebags I, no, no that's not true most people are good people and you're gonna find the douchebags because you're just you're you're plastering stuff so just deal with it move on don't take it personal um i washed a mailman i washed a mailman in 2019, I watched a mailman in 2019 peep my arrest record. I'm legit. Don't know what you mean. Um, I feel like Alan Jackson could write a song about Aaron Stash. We're, we're to the end. We got three more comments, then we're out of here, guys. Uh, do you guys charge more for two-story houses? I charge by square foot, so that takes two-story into account. Aaron, Cody? That's how I do it. Simple. Yeah, we, we do on roof cleaning, but uh, house washing is just factored into the price. So if I know it's a two-story, I'm just pricing it at that, but I'm not basing it on, on it being a two-story. 
Awesome. All right. Sean says, thanks guys. Thank you, Sean. Anna says, thanks for uh, early responses about the size of houses to use with downstream injector. So you guys don't use pressure washer for soft wash houses. Actually we do. I, I do uh, my company soft washes with the um, pressure washer. We do, we use our chemical pump for roofs and we use X jets for house washes. Um, no, he says washed a mailman. He washed one. That's interesting. Uh, great stuff. TikTok, Bobby. Yeah, I got to get going. The mailman ran over my hose, so he got bleached. <laughs> it makes more sense now. <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, Ricky, Ricky, last question. We're done. Ricky, Ricky says, uh, what if the homeowners don't know the square feet? Um, we don't depend on the homeowners. We always use Zillow. Some homes, they're brand new. And then, you know, either the homeowner will know or you uh, step it off or whatever. But those are far and few in between. So, all right. Um, listen, Cody, Aaron, you guys are awesome. Guys, uh, thank you for hanging out with us. I don't know how many people we got right now. I think we got over 50 people watching live right now. So, listen, I'm going to do it one more time. Aaron, I'm putting a link in there. Tell these guys why they need to go to Washathon 2020. You need to go to Washathon 2020 in Atlanta. February 21st and 22nd to see me, Cody Yarbrough, Bobby Walker, Sean Hodges, and Jason Gaiman. It's really cool because it's 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 a, a different look at a pressure washing conference. I think this is very unique what Cody has going on. Um, you have everyone here at this event. All the people speaking have their niche that they're experts in. And not only have they done it, they're still doing it. They're still being successful at it. So you're getting a clear view of uh, how you can implement. Good stuff. Cody, you have any words to sign off on? No, just exactly what Aaron said. We're, we're dialing in some niche dudes that you're going to get a ton of information from guys who specialize in the thing they're there to talk about. Uh, so it's going to be really cool. I think we're all approachable. Like Aaron said earlier, we're not so far up here in the clouds that we're not, you know, way out ahead of where you may be as a business. Uh, and so that's cool. And plus his mustache will be there. Yeah. And don't forget guys, I don't shake hands, but I do hug. So, so guys, we're going to sign off and I'm going to sign off with this. So listen closely. If you're not doing the things that you want to in life, you had better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.